Internet friends, and welcome to episode number 142, despite the fact that I misset it in the BTS podcast of Final Boss TV, your wild and game ring show. I'm your host, my name is Adam K, a.k.a. Bay, and today is the Blood Death Night, which it's funny that it's coming on the sort of at the tail end of all of the tanking we've talked about so far in Legion because there's been this stigma with like Blood Decay and then Vengeance Demon Hunter and they're like, oh, they're good, they're terrible, they're bad, blah, blah, blah. We'll talk about that today. And of course, a lot of the positives and of course talking about 7.2.5, which is like two weeks away at this point, it's right on the corner. So we'll sort of be future-proofing and prefacing that kind of thing going forward. But of course, this show would not exist if I didn't give a big shout out to the assistant producers over on Patreon. So thank you again to all the patrons, but then Truffles, Ludovicus, Tazlin, R4, Dalfier, and Quinn for your continued support, your incredibly generous support. If you are interested in more podcasts than just the live show, those exist on Patreon. We do BTS sort of meet and greet, unscripted sit-downs. Uh, we actually did the one for Blood Decay, and Fisky joined us. We were supposed to have a four-person Blood Decay BTS show, but Skulls was sick. But if you want to go through and check those out, the show notes are posted as well. There's the Fury Warrior Arms Warrior one from a few weeks ago. There's the Windwalker ones, other BTS things. There's Windwalker. There's the... You go down here and load more, and then you can do the uh, Preach and I talked for about, what, about two hours on the Legion So Far show. So if you want more podcasts, go check that out. Links down below, of course, on YouTube or right here on Twitch. So thank you all for that support. But that's enough about that introduction. My guest today, I am the uh, the odd man out, as I have two very nerdy Europeans joining me today. So so I, I will try to pronounce their names properly, but I'll, I'll probably mess it up. But uh, Tor, Torley, welcome to the show, sir. Hello. Glad to be here. Are you ready to uh, talk to chat about Blood Decay and your pixelated glory? <laughs> yeah, uh, my, my pixelated face is ready. <laughs> oh dear, dear. I can see it on the stream now. It's really bad. Oh, well. It's totally fine. It's just the background. It looks like it's just... <laughs> it's, it's okay. I think we've had worse. You're not Roger Brown, Cam, so it's okay. And then we have Koromo over here. Hello, Koro. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me. You were in a cave before, but it's it's a little bit lighter now, so that's totally okay. I, I pushed every light towards me. <laughs> every single... You know, I, I need to be in my darkest hour to play a DK. Oh, gosh. I mean, it, it is like you're role-playing in real life, right? I mean, Acherus is pretty dark and dingy, so you gotta do it in real life, too? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, that's fair. I like it. But we have... Over, we, we, I, I was expecting that the pre-show wouldn't last as long as it did, but we, we, we worked together with the BTS. There was a lot of little things that kept popping up to discuss about Blood DK. And I guess just to, to get started here, if you both want to sort of introduce yourselves to my viewers, but the whole point of Legion is to bring on new people, new faces that are like uh, growing up and evolving and, and making things in their little corners of the internet. So... But, uh, Torley, what do you do in the, the Blood DK sphere? What's your, your background doing things and stuff for, for Blood Death Knights? 
Well, I actually started going, like started pretty late into the expansion. I've not uh, progressed to EN or TOV when it was actual content, but uh, I was doing like Mythic Plus very heavily at the time and people were seeing that and they asked me a lot of questions about the Mythic Plus uh, scene. And, you know, I kind of started becoming more active on uh, Acuras in the Discord and I got the Acclaim title and basically people come to me with questions, with logs, ask me for advice, ask me for tips in like certain boss strategies, hmm. the Mythic Plus also. But I don't uh, like, I don't write any big guides or something. I, I leave that to, to others. Well, I, not to like downplay that at all, but it's actually been something that's been requested a lot on the show, which I sort of finagled that in this way for this show from the tank perspective that you can attest to throughout the show is that people have been asking me, there are lots of players out there that only really do Mythic Plus. That's like their side of the game. They don't really, they just like heroic raids maybe and they do Mythic Plus. So that's like their push and you do a lot of that so uh, yeah what's your you highest <laughs> what you could what's your highest key you've pushed recently uh, recently not that much actually i've been kind of busy doing other things and uh, the main group that i've played with they're not always online always so but the highest key we've done is 26 in time and recently i'd, I'd say like 24 i did more souls but yeah, it, it's been a bit difficult also because affixes hasn't haven't always been cooperative. Uh, grievous this week. I've been healing a few on my my baby Mistweaver monk, which not fun to heal on a Mistweaver. You just can't. Grievous sucks. But when, yeah, it depends a lot on the on the healer class. I guess. It's, yeah, it's true. Is grievous a thing? I haven't noticed. Says the blood I... DK. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I haven't I haven't had a blood DK tank in these yet. Brewmaster, I was doing some keys last night, and Brewmaster is tough because they want to take damage, so their stagger always just adds to. Gr oh, it was it's a nightmare. But would would people know because you say the twenty six was that an Eye of Ajara perhaps, or was that the Court of Stars? Because there were those two videos that came out. A while ago, it went like semi-viral around the discords, but like, oh my god, look at this group dunk this 20, was it 26 plus? Which one? We did, were, were you uh, It was the, the Eye of Ashara video we probably talk about was okay. 24. Oh, 24. But that wasn't, uh, that wasn't us, actually. That was another group. Oh, okay. Sadly. There's a few of but those. It was, that have it, been... it was during the same week, and we did, uh, we did push Court of Stars this, uh... actually, it was not the same week. Now, now you get me confused. Yeah, see, I, I, I when these happen, like I, I watch it and I like, skip around to see the bosses and see how they pull trash packs because it's every single mob is like a boss, like three hundred million HP on everything. So it's crazy to see the high keys. Yeah, especially the bosses themselves, of course. It, uh, I have Miao Chen in the in the chat confirming it. Mm -hmm. The oh, bosses themselves the sometimes they go like five minutes boss fights. Oh, We're yeah. talking about bosses with basically as much HP as the Emerald Nightmare bosses. So. Mm -hmm. For for three DPS to deal with in a tank. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's wild. Do you on that last note for Mythic Plus? Do you think that's got how is the Mythic Plus scene going to change a little bit here when they rebalance it and turn the scaling up when seven two five drops? Do you foresee 
Like, will 24s and 26s be possible? Or, like, maybe after you get to a Sargeras gear? Uh, it's going to need the Tomb gear for sure. Like, currently, it's not going to be possible to do, like, 26, even 23. It's, it's not going to be doable It's if the scaling changes right now. But we'll see how Tomb gear goes and with the set bonuses, new legendary item level and everything. It's uh, hard to predict how, where our power level will be. Right. Well, all that aside, uh, Koru, how about you? What do you do in the the Blood Decay sphere? What's your background in that? What I do is, uh, well, pretty much I re-roll DK going into Legion, and I've been trying to push uh, the kills as fast as possible as a Blood Decay since there weren't many that played it uh, in the start of Legion. So that's what I do. Also, I've been trying to be... Uh, as cooperative in the Blood DK Discord as I can mm -hmm. uh, until recently. Uh, and then I've had several people just whisper me and uh, I've tried to help as many as I can. But that's pretty much what I do. I raid. Do you find... Well, that's what chat was saying earlier. They were like, is that that Korumo from the, the Speed Kill Guild? Is that sort of what you do and have been doing in, in, uh, in Nighthold right now? Well, uh... We started the speed kills as soon as we killed Gul'dan. We started pushing for speed kills, just cutting healers, cutting tanks and everything. So, yeah. Yeah, you were talking right before the show started. You were at like almost like an eight-minute mythical Dan right now or something like that? Or you're about to push to the eight-minute yeah, about. Thing? Yeah, we're pretty much about to push to eight-minute mark. I think our fastest right now is still around 11-ish. But we haven't done any of that pushing or moving heroism around or whatever. So, that's still really fast, though. Considering that the world first kills were bordering on 15. So, that's far how that's come. But do either of you have any additional shout-outs to the uh, Acarus Discord or the websites or the guide writers like that that you want to make sure everyone else knows of that are out there doing good work for the little community? Well, I have to, uh, I have to give a shout-out to Trucks, of course. He is uh, basically the grandfather of the blood theory crafting, so it would be uh, remiss to not shout him out. Other than that, yeah, basically the entire Discord, except maybe one or two people, which I would rather <laughs> not see again. Oh, gosh. Yeah, you, you bring up Trox, and he was on the show before. There is, when I was asking and prepping the show, and I was always wondering, like, you know, what kind of resources do you guys have out there? And... All you really could give me is that, as chat sees now, it's a 14-page, gigantic, just straight-up, super simple Google document that Trox put together that has gone through and sort of been updated with everything in Legion so far. But this is, like, the biggest resource you guys have, right now anyway, that is just this huge Google document that he's put together. Yeah, so. pretty much. Does does no one else helps build this kind of stuff? I mean, I guess yet or well, uh, some people have tried, but it just goes to field crafting pretty much since there you can't really math uh, blood DK right now due to the fact with all the uh, the procs we're getting with all the mm. different like we we heal more the more damage we take etc. We can't really math that out yet. Yeah, there's a weird. 
feeling I, I could bring up the the artifact calculator too and you know any blood decay is gonna be familiar with all this like you get all this stuff you get like after vampiric blood expires you get shields you get the heart strike heal you've got your um your bone shield has a chance to critically bone shield there's all these little things that just keep happening for blood decay that i bet it's a nightmare to try to figure all this stuff out over the course of time, you got the new passive. You have Soul Drinker now, so you have all these little things to, to stack and stack and stack. And then the Unending Thirst, which I don't know if that does much because of how fast that shield is. But all these... Uh, all this stuff. Well, it, it depends. Like, if you were to try to simulate it, it's going to be difficult. You're mm -hmm. going to have to handcraft the sim module to specifically affect only one boss, and then you can... In get the like heal damage intervals and how much the unending thirst time you actually get and stuff like this but you can make like general statements and like you can make broad approximations so it's not entirely impossible to to give you like accurate advice mm -hmm. but you just have to keep in mind that it's not always accurate you, you always have to consider bosses like Star Augur where everything just changes. Yeah. Well, it would be easier if every boss had an exact same swing timer. Oh. That's that's still... You you glazed over that before. I didn't put that in the notes anywhere, but is that still really a thing that, that blood decays? I've never heard of any other tank caring about swing timers on bosses. So why is that still an important thing for blood decays to pay attention to? Is that, that little... Minutia swing timer point on bosses. Well, first of all, it's uh, it's the heal from Death Strike because we heal for more damage we take, and if you can time it into a uh, like right after you take a big hit, you will heal for more. Also, if you can time it properly and get two Death Strikes in uh, in order uh, in between two swing timers, you will get the Unending Thirst, the proc as well, which gives you twenty five percent more damage and leech. Yeah, so I'm I'm bringing up the tooltip here real quick to make sure. So, Deathstrike was changed with Legion, right? To have the new version of it. It wasn't like this in Warlords, correct? No. Yeah, it, it was quite uh, quite different than before. Yeah, but like, so it, it deals almost 300% weapon damage. For the purposes of chat, to make sure we're on the same page, whenever I show the tooltips and things, we're looking at the 7.2.5 currently working one, just in case that, you know, the live values might look different, but because 725 is right around the corner, we're going to use those values to make sure we're we're clear but the the physical damage and then it heals you for 20 percent of the damage taken in the last five seconds with a minimum of 10 percent of your max health so obviously the damage you would be taking is way more than your the max health minimum but do you guys and use like challenging oh, content it is yeah do you have like a, a weak aura that like tracks how much your death strike would be healing you for to like keep updating the last five second window or like that to like min max that amount or because how do you I have I've used that but I found it not very useful actually you generally you don't if you want to maximize your survivability you don't want to maximize your DS heal you want to maximize like your DS efficiency. You have to use DS at the proper timing. Mm. And if you're waiting with DS just to, or like 
cramming in more DS just because you had a big damage spike before, you might not have it again in the future and stuff like this. So I find just like going by gut feel whether I need the DS at that moment or not is more reliable than tracking the last five seconds of damage taken, which like it doesn't really give you that much more information than what you already know. Okay. No, I agree. Uh, I've used that before as well, but I just removed it and I instead moved my health bar to the center of my screen almost to just see. Uh, I can reliantly see how much I've been taking for the last five seconds and yeah, just using my gut feeling when I need to death strike. The other change too that needs to make sure we're stated is that death strike now costs just runic power. It's a spender in the old builder spender of runes to runic power and then you spend those. So that. That also, and the, the point you brought up with the double death striking thing, is you could have to have enough runic power to do that global to global to then make use of the unending thirst bonus, which would heal you for the death strike amount and then the 25% leech and the death strike increased damage, you get the damage based on the damage the actual death strike does. There's a lot of, I can see how that could be. A lot of little 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 min maxi points that maybe that all blood decays utilize yeah an ending thirst if you don't uh like if you don't try to min max it the way koru does mm -hmm. it basically reads as you get 25 percent bonus damage against uh, death strike damage against spellcasters like it, <laughs> oh, okay. it, you can have 100 percent of time on star and that's pretty nice well, that's yeah, that's a good point too, because the that's the other other thing is that the shield given to you by Death Strike Blood Shield is only physical damage absorption. Yeah. So that is uh, mixed feelings about that. Well, that's that's a weird one because if you're only taking spell damage, it never eats your Blood Shield, which means you keep up Blood Thirst, which means you just do more damage with your Death Strikes. Just for fun. Yeah, pretty much. It also keeps uh, Soul Drinker amazingly. No, not yeah, Soul Drinker, right? Yeah, it mm. uh, it helps with keep Soul Drinker up as well. Oh, um, sure. uh, spell fights. Yeah, so I mean that's that's sort of the the whole point. So we'll bring that up over here again, just in chat. Doesn't know. So overhealing by Death Strike and consumption, your golden circle. Will increase your maximum health by 50% of the overhealed amount up to a maximum of 30% of your actual health. So if you keep unending thirst up to give you more death strike healing passively, keeping the shield up, which means you can keep stacking more HP. How high how have you seen? I mean, it's a maximum of 30% HP. But what kind of ridiculous HP numbers have you guys been getting with just combining all of your little HP hooks and things? Well, Anything? It's, uh, well, it's a bit annoying because literally after the 7.2 launched, for one week we were super overpowered because Soul Drinker just refreshed itself constantly and it never dropped off. So at that point, you could basically just have 30% passive baseline increased max HP, which was <laughs> super overpowered. Okay. And then, then, like, after one week, they bug fixed it, but it was basically a nerf. And right now, it's pretty hard to maintain 30% max HP, but you can get 
with Foul Bulwark, close to 10 million HP in combat. That's pretty nice. Yeah, I think I've come up to about 15 million HP in a raid environment so far. Okay. With Vampiric Blood. Sure, no big deal. Just 15 million. No, that's fine. <laughs> it's stacking all the little bits and pieces, which that'll they'll trickle in through there. But that's that is sort of the the thing. I mean, Guardian Druids have a lot of HP too, but I still think Blood Decay is probably like the HP tank in those periods of time. Obviously, it's not a it's not a constant thing. But I had so seven point one point five was the big the last big patch that changed much for Blood. Um, I have a huge picture here that is now not loading. Oh, there it goes. So you had a lot of little things in the first pass, which at the time was that what you hoped would bring Blood DK up in compared to the other tanks, but there's a lot of things here. I mean, Bloodworm's healing per worm was increased, Will of Acropolis damage reduction was increased, Vampiric Blood now increases absorbs as well as heals. I would say that uh, the biggest change in 7.1.5 was the bone shield charges are only consumed on melee attacks and special yeah, deflection. That was that was massive. amazing, especially on scenarios. Just losing a bone shield stack every five seconds on scenarios was yeah, it was a nightmare. And uh, like if you compare it to Gwarm, his multi-headed attack did not does not count as melee attack, so you can get 100% uptime on 10 Bone Shield stacks. And uh, like Annihilate on Illurio doesn't consume stacks because it's not a melee attack. That I would say that 7.15 is the the patch which made Blood DK like somewhat viable. Yeah, we yeah. could actually tank uh, cutting edge uh, cutting edge without having to <laughs> jump all these loops and holes. There was because like you had bone storm heal increase. That one of the big ones that I think really made blood decay rejoice a bit was that Gorfin's grasp reduced to two minutes from three. You had you had all these things. The mark of blood heal increased. The one thing that actually didn't stay. I'm looking at this right now. Was rune tap was actually forty percent damage reduction that was bumped up from yeah twenty five, which is rather ridiculous. That's a huge. That's like a shield, a mini shield ball all the time. Even though you had to fight to get rune tap back because it didn't exist at the beginning of Legion during beta, they just took it out. It was gone. Well, it's a it's a talent. It was a talent right. back then as well, mm -hmm. but it was it was only twenty five percent, and you would only use it on scenarios pretty much. But well, yeah, I've used it on it's two a lot bosses so far in the entirety of Legion. Like two bosses. Two bosses. And mm. that's only been scenarios and Odin Mythic. Right. Hmm. It looked like... I mean, this is... I was going back through the 7.1.5 notes when I was preparing mine. And this is one of, like, the largest chunks for a spec was Blood DK. It was just so many buffs across the board. Um, except the, the few small things that were... 7.2.5, or 7.2, rather, didn't really do... Anything. You got legendary changes, your Acherous Drape had some mastery on it. Ooh. And your Radagore <laughs> Bone Leggings went up plus 2% DR on Bone Shield. And then Service of Gorefeed had a bunch of Leech added. And that was. Yeah. Actually, one of the biggest changes in 7.2 regarding legendaries mm -hmm. was the change to Cephas. 
because it gives oh. now the passive movement speed and 2% multiplicative haste. That was like, well, we use Cephas more than probably uh, Drapes and Rattlegore, so that's one yeah. of the bigger things. Yeah, that... Well, <laughs> the biggest legendary change was the inclusion of the new legendaries, I would say. Since they became the best in slots instantly. Oh, the new ones in that patch, yeah. Yeah. So I have... So I have up the Icy Veins guide here, and for the purposes of just looking at the tooltips is fine, but you both have a bit of an issue with their hierarchy posts right now, and you wanted to, like, steer the Blood Decays in the proper path here. So, like, what what is technically, like, while we're sitting here looking at that, what, what should be changed on this list, and what is... Because you brought the new legendaries up, so Archimonde's Hatred Reborn is the tank trinket, which... Is a little ridiculous for Blood DK. Yeah. You can time it with Vampiric Blood every time and like get the maybe a big soul drinker beforehand and it does respectable damage. Yeah, it's pretty much three million free damage every one minute fifteen seconds. That seems pretty good. It's about seven to eight percent of our overall damage in a boss fight, which is insane for a tank trinket. Wow. Ha do other I don't know if the other tanks get that much of a benefit out of it. They don't, because they don't have the HP multipliers that we have. Yeah. I think now, the thing is, you have to make sure that that shield gets consumed, though. Right? Yeah, that's well, sometimes a bit yeah. difficult. Sometimes you actually don't need to. Uh, it always explodes on the damage it's been taken off the shield, so you don't actually right. have to expire it, but... Mm -hmm. It's better to use it like uh, on Crosa, for example. You want to time it with the beams, just stand in a beam or something. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's fair. Yeah, you you want to stand in a beam anyway because of Blood Mirror. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, well, if Blood Mirror is active, but yeah, fair enough. Yeah, little things like that. I like how there's always been this. This has been a thing on the, on every DK show for all the time, and it's not really much of an anti magic shell thing, but it's funny to see these little bits and pieces of, of taking huge amounts of damage to deal damage back, which is kind of the theme of Death Knights, more so with blood, but it's funny to notice that those are still prevalent things. But, so what else about the the legendary item changes then? What other ones are, are super important that aren't listed in the proper order here, just to make sure that everyone else is well, it says that the uh, service of Gorafiend is uh, that it's ranked at second legendary, and I would not agree on that. I would say it's a really good legendary if you needed a cooldown reduction on Vampiric Blood, which I used on Guarm Progress uh, mm -hmm. when we started two-tanking it, just to have Vampiric Blood up for every uh, multi-head. Uh, no, not no, every bite. Uh, but other than that, I don't see the reason to have it that high up. I would say it's probably in an A or B tier, but not an S tier as it is in the Eyes of Ains guide. Right. I think it's a bit difficult to create like a ranking system like this that basically ranks the, all the legendaries overall when really you should compare them for like certain uses. Like you would not use Archimonde Hatreds if you are basically dying and you need more survivability. Same time like, if you want more DPS, then you won't use the legendary belt. So 
if you if you look at like an overall ranking like this, it probably doesn't make much sense. No, and it just spreads a bit of misunderstanding on how you should use the bloodletting there is. Right. So which other ones then would you say are next to the trinket? And I guess the utility of Sefus because of movement speed. We're not talking about movement speed right yet though, chat. Don't worry. We'll we'll talk about DK movement speed in a moment, but so what other ones are super high up on the list besides well, the trinket? For instance, the Agrimar Stride are really good on Gul'dan progress. If you like, if you're first progressing it, and you're uh, you need the mobility. Mm -hmm. Like, if you don't know the fight uh, in your heart, you're gonna want the mobility not to fall off or be able to run off a flame crash if you're the tank that's doing that. So, if you would, if you, if I were a new DK and look at this list, and I got Agrimar Stride, I would be devastated. But I was right. actually happy when I had them for Gul'dan progress. Because they were changed slightly. Well, well, they they used to only be like based on haste, which Blood DKs enjoys that anyway. But now, because of the seventy five percent of your haste, critical strike mastery, or verse, whatever's highest one, that that these are hilarious on every one. They're really funny on Fury Warriors right now because they can yeah. <laughs> they get battle cry at the hundred percent crit. And they just woo, but. These are really good looking, considering how slow-ish the blood DK is. Anything else of note? To... Well, I would say for like general purpose use, you would want the shoulders and the bracers. They give they don't like give multiplicative bonuses with each other, but individual individually they are just really good, and they are a good mix of survivability and DPS and basically all the other legendaries apart from the trinket, which is basically a pure DPS legendary. Mm -hmm. The DPS value of all the other ones is pretty marginal. Like the legendary ring for blood only is not really good for DPS. The surface is okay, but it's not really that much DPS either. I mean, you get 2% haste, but that's it. Right. So the list is not super wrong, but it is, does have some weird... I guess because the, I don't know what is the point of these are probably just based on survivability only, but then... Why would the trinket be so low? Or in some ways, yeah, why would Agarbus Tribe be so low? It's like these be like two different lists for Blood Decay for their artifacts. So, and what has changed in the legendary, um, the legendary hierarchy? But yeah, that uh, I also feel it's kind of weird that Archimonds rate is so low for survivability because you still get a really big shield from it. Yeah, it's a huge stat stick too. I mean, there's. The, the on use doesn't go up when it goes to 970, right? Just the uh, the passive. No, stats. it doesn't. Okay. I'm a bit disappointed about it, actually. <laughs> well, I mean, our HP is going to go up, so right. by yeah. default, also the stats. But I mean, that's so that brings us to patch 725, which is what I was leading as the new legendaries, which you've got a ring on the horizon. Everyone gets a ring. The class rings. You only need one ring for your whole class because the talent that it gives you for free will change based on whatever specialization you are. But so the ring for blood is foul bulwark for free. And you've also got a new chest on the horizon too. So what have you guys yes. figured out with your two new legendaries? Cover well, you guys figured out much? I, I uh, have a bit of mixed feelings actually about the ring because basically oh. it, it gives you foul bulwark, which means... Actually, in practical terms, you get rune tap, 
because you will be taking rune tap if you are using the ring. And it it kind of means that Blizzard is not going to give us rune tap baseline, mm. which we were asking for constantly. And now we have to kind of resort to using a talent slot to get it, which it's kind of mixed feelings about that. But it's going to be good, like in the same places that maybe the belt is going to be good. Like if you need more defensive cooldowns for certain times, it's not going to give you any DPS and the stats aren't great for it. So I, I wouldn't recommend it for like general default usage, but it's going to be good in some situations for sure. I don't know if I have a link to the, the new chest though yet. I think the tooltip I have is broken. What is your... Uh, it pretty much makes that blood uh, boil heals for 100% of the damage it does. No. No, isn't that correct? Do I have a, an old link then? You have an old build, I guess. Yeah, that's I think from they... Whoa, the Blood Plague deals 100% more damage. That's the one. Oh, oh yeah, so that's get... right. So Blood Plague, double damage, and of course Blood Plague is a trickle heal, like a hot, essentially. Yeah. I increase damage and healing, that's the one, yeah. Yeah. How does that... Well, it's... that's... How does that read then? If let me pull up the tooltip for how Blood Plague reads, it shadowy disease that drains almost four hundred percent attack power health from the target over twenty four seconds. So if they're if it's one hundred percent more damage and healing, it just doubles both, essentially. I don't think it it double dips on it. I think they just right. mean like. The damage is doubled, and therefore also the healings. It's, it would still probably leech 100% of the damage. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, I mean, it's a decent legendary. We haven't had a single legendary that's actually good for AoE DPS. So this is kind of nice in oh, that true. sense, like for Mythic Plus for sure. And on multiple targets, it will be more DPS than, say, the shoulders. Even at two targets, it's going to beat the shoulders and the... Bracers, and then well, you get because of our one of our golden traits gives us uh, absorption shield when vampiric blood runs out, which has it absorbs an amount of damage equal to triple the damage that your blood plague dealt in that time during the uptime of vampiric blood. So that absorption yeah. shield also gets doubled when you're wearing the chest, which is going to be pretty nice in some situations. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's still like the main healing from it is still a trickle heal, so you have to kind of compare against the legendary shoulders, which buffs your death strike, which is healing when you need it. It's going to be interesting to see how will the, how that will pan out. Yeah, umbilicus eternus. Yeah, after after vampiric blood expires, you absorb damage equal to five times the damage your blood plague dealt during vampiric blood. So yeah, on a, on a huge amount of mobs, I'm sure you could definitely game that to a a pretty big degree. Yeah. Yeah, I would say this, uh, like these uh, legendaries are especially, they're gonna be seen more in Mythic Plus than in raiding, I believe, since raiding is usually just one target. And so far, there haven't been many bosses in Tomb that I've seen that you require rune taps. Yet we've yet to see Mythic uh, versions of these bosses, but so far it's been really dull about that. Right. No, yeah, Tomb is very single-target focused. There are two fights that have intermittent AoE, both of the Naga bosses. But outside of that, it's like a boss with like two big ads or a boss with one ad. And it's very... We'll have to wait and see how that changes things for tanks and for everyone else involved, too. So 
But that's not all that Blood Decay is getting in 725. Um, probably one of the biggest aura tune-ups ever of anyone. So you have a 15% aura tune-up across the board on all your yeah. damaging abilities, which also relates to how much healing at least comes from, from uh, Blood Plague. But then you've got plus 10% more damage to Heart Strike and Death Strikes and a 6% increase to Death and Decay. Yeah, in terms of damage buffs, I think uh, Vengeance and Blood are getting pretty big buffs. Probably the biggest buffs uh, since the expansion started, to be honest. Yeah, and I can say it's, uh, it's gladly taken. Yeah, We've it's... been on the back foot since launch, pretty much. It's a wild amount. What's funny is in the tooltip data mining, which I don't know if this is true or not, in the in the first pass of the blood aura, it was actually at 0%, and they just cranked it to 15%. So you had nothing up to this point, even in your aura at all. So that's a huge jump up, because uh, the, the one thing that's weird, in the... In the direct tune-up damage to Heart Strike and Death Strikes, that's on top of the aura, right? So it's technically... Yeah, yeah it's on top. Right. So... Have you... Either of you tested this out on the PTR to see how it feels, the damage to healing boost? Is it, like, super noticeable? Because this is a gigantic number. Well, I well, must admit I haven't gone into the, the rate testing, but on dummy, like, it's, it's instantly noticeable, the damage increase. Like, it's massive. Yeah. Yeah, I think the damage increase is way more noticeable than the healing due to the fact that we still heal under the amount of damage we take, so it's a bit iffy like that, but the damage is really, really noticeable. Uh, it should also be noted that on the Aura it says it increases damage and healing of Death Strike, mm -hmm. but it doesn't actually increase the healing of Death Strike. That's a separate effect, uh, like effect that is triggered, so you're not getting 15% healing buff on Death Strike. You right. will get from Blood Plague and Blood Drinker, and the consumption because of the damage increase, mm -hmm. but not uh, the Death Strike heal itself. That's independent. And you would get you you'd get more healing from where is it? Which trade is it? Yeah, I mean Blood Feast. So if Heart Strike deals more damage, you get the the mini Death Strike from Heart Strikes really, because that'll do more damage, and twenty percent of that is a heal, which is. Nice. I don't know if Heart Strike really contributes to any meaningful amount of healing because it's just a rotational builder. It's about five percent on single target. Okay. So a small boost in that regard, but and the only other one which you may have seen when I brought up the talent calculator here is you've lost what you call it. You've lost Soul Gorge, and now you have this blue thing here. It looks like Icy Veins, but it's called Heart of Ice. So Death Strike extends the duration of Icebound Fortitude by two seconds, which they also gave you Icebound Fortitude back recently. So that's... Yeah, 7.1. Yeah. Because you didn't have that at launch. So what, what's your guys' thoughts on... I don't know, Koru, does this... This looks like it's very, like, a raid-focused one, because Icebound Fortitude... I don't know how much longer you can actually extend the duration or how long you can actually have it up, but that could be... Pretty nice. What are, you, what are you guys figuring out for that right now? Uh, it feels so iffy. It's no. no I, I actually don't know because so far we don't have this high. Like it's only been spike damage so far that's been really chugging us over, mm -hmm. and 
extending our shield wall, I don't see the point. Like, I would rather take rune tap, I guess, uh, in those kinds of fights, because then I have more shield walls to use, and it's more damage reduction. Right. Because how... There has to be, like, an actual maximum. Like, how much can you actually extend it by? Because well, it's, it's a bit stuck on the PTR at the moment. Oh. And you can get indefinite 100% uptime on it. I don't <laughs> think that's intentional. Oh, no! Oh, okay. So that, that's probably going to get changed. But uh, the trinket from Gil'jaeden, which... Uh, it, uh, the Cosmic Sliver, I think it's called. That will make the talent pretty interesting. I, I tried it out a little bit on the on the PTR, and it will be an interesting interaction because you get the reduced cooldowns on uh, Icebound Fortitude. When you take damage, you, you get like stacks that you can consume with the Trinket, and you can get respectable uptimes with it. So, other than that, I don't think like if you use just the base version of Icebound Fortitude, which is the three minute cooldown. I don't think the talent is very good. It's it's useful maybe sometimes, but most of the times you're gonna have like more use out of either spectral deflection or rapid decomposition, in which rapid decomposition is the default choice. Oh, Aquindor is in chat. He said blood damage is fine during testing, not great, but they don't feel sad anymore. <laughs> oh, that's positive. And, uh... Well, if I were to be honest, I don't feel like our single target damage is that off right now. I think this will bring us up to uh, where God Intruders is right now. I think we'll still be a bit behind the Prot Paladin when they go full on DPS mode, but we won't give up our all our survivability like they do. So I believe this is a required thing for us to be uh, higher up in the hierarchy of the tanks on okay. the Mythic Progression. Okay. And his follow-up point was, if you don't abuse the trinket, and I guess with Heart of Ice, you'll get about 25 seconds of Icebound Fortitude. So... The weird yeah, thing you, about, get, you get a pretty good uptime, but yeah. The, I guess the weird thing about tanks and taking damage is obviously you'll be taking damage constantly, but is there any... Is there ever going to be a situation where you'd need to have, like, your shield wall, in this case, IBF, lasting that long and then of course it'll be down for you know two minutes or something like that would that will there be periods of fights maybe that you'd want to have extended damage reduction for that long the only fight in Nighthold that i can think of where this would be like pretty good talent at least would be like botanist phase three if you're taking the fe feather at the end true there it would be quite powerful indeed so mm-hmm I haven't really looked much in depth into Tomb, so I don't know the most like optimal places to use it there, but I'm sure there's going to be some fights where it's going to be pretty good time. Right. So far, since I haven't been Mythic raid testing in Tomb yet, but no, not yet at least. Maybe in Mythic, I hope, because right now tanking is just a glorified DPS. In a way... Outside of, I always, I brought up on the past tanking shows that I actually liked from the outside as a melee DPS watching the tanks do tank mechanics or like new quote-unquote tank mechanics. Like the star auger, either one tank or two tank taunt swapping and like the whole clearing the room kind of thing, which helped with everyone else. Or having things that weren't just like, I got three stacks of X taunt at Y, 
which is how a lot of tank mechanics go, I like that they have tried to give, because normally two tanks is a thing, even though the last little blue interview that uh, I think Slootbag did is that Blizzard is, they openly said, at least the encounter designer said that some encounters that have three tanks are okay. So, and there is one fight in Tomb that might need three tanks just for smoothness. But the the way that tanks have been, which is funny, back in MOP, every tank just had every talent was just for DPS. And I was brought up like, well, is it weird that all you do is talent for damage? And then in Warlords, they try to change that, but now it's sort of back to that in Legion, where now it's just everything is squished together. The better damage you do, the better mitigation you do normally. Like, they feed into each other. So... Yeah, it depends on the class a bit. If you're comparing, like, Seraphim, you're definitely giving up survivability for it. Mm -hmm. But maybe we'll go later into some of the downsides of Blood Decay, but one of the things that's definitely... A bit of an annoyance is that our optimal DPS rotation is equal to our optimal survivability rotation, which, <laughs> like, it doesn't really change much if you're off tanking, for example. Like, you're doing the same thing to get maximum DPS that you would do if you're main tanking and trying to struggle for survival. So, mm. you don't really have a choice in gameplay, to be honest. Hmm. Which I guess is that a a bad. Thing to a degree we already kind of went over well I don't want to skip around too much but this sort of brings me into this general topic we had here I'll move it down in the notes so I, I know I did this on purpose is that like I have it here that the plight of the death knight right for 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 blood decay and I was gonna ask where did it all go wrong because I it's always funny and I'm sure all of you that play Blood Decay will remember this when they were changing over tanks in Warlords to be more active and they were designing that based on mop Blood Decay. They were like, this is this is how tanks should be. They should be able to react and proactively do things to damage. And that's sort of still a thing. But it depends on which tank, of course, out of all six of them. But do you either of you have an idea of like where it went awkward or wrong with, with Blood Death Knight? In Legion, I think the biggest um, loss is uh, is the removal of baseline rune tap. Like rune tap mm -hmm. baseline would fix so many things because it would give you the opportunity to like to counter the heavy burst, which is normally the the downside of blood decay. Is like you, you can survive sustained damage, something like Croesus, you can do very well, and you actually maybe outperform other tanks, which you don't generally hear, but yes. But the, when you get hit by burst damage in the face, then Blood Decay struggles, and Rune Tap would basically fix so much that it's it's annoying that it's in the same tier with another mandatory talent. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree on that. And also, what went wrong in the beginning was the removal of Icebound. Like, we didn't have a shield wall until uh, late Emerald Nightmare, just before... TOV launched. Mm -hmm. So that was awkward. Like, the only tank without an actual shield wall. Right. Yeah, because all you had was you could spec rune tap, right? Talent-wise. But then you really just healed yourself when you took damage. And yeah. if you took too much damage and you didn't have the heals, you just died. 
Yeah, because you're giving up healing, like you're giving up uh, a rune to gain runic power in order mm -hmm. to pop rune tap. And that was only 25% back then as well. Yeah. Yeah, 7.5 was one week before TOV. Yeah, right before that that period of time. That's when Blizzard realized, though, that they took too much out for fantasy. Because Hunters got traps back and a few other things came back to the Like, I got Earthbind totem baseline back, so I have like, a little drop totem, you know, slow. They, they peppered oh. a few things back in there. I would much rather have had Rune Tap back than Icebound Fortitude. Yeah, same. Yeah. But then that's definitely a consensus. I've heard that a lot. Because Icebound Fortitude, whereas it is a DK ability, it's not a blood DK ability. That's for the DPM. That's, that's, they can use that. Rune Tap has been really iconic since its inception in building and how that works with how blood DK would Death Strike or Rune Tap to deal with damage. So, hopefully that'll make a change in the future because that's the other thing too so you had rune changes going into legion where you all just have runes now you had mm. blood boil changes to be on charges which that's a good change i'm pretty sure i don't know if either of you have a problem with that <laughs> do you miss warlord's blood boil where it was every other global oh god no <laughs> no that was... but at the same time sometimes it's like okay you walk into uh, like mythic plus which you know it's what i do a lot Mm -hmm. I walked into, I wanted to pull three packs or something, and then you only have two charges. Normally, you would have a whole slew of blood <laughs> runes that you could use. Yeah. Well, two blood for death. You can walk in and just blood boil all the way. But now you you kind of have to pace it a little bit. Right. But now it feels like it's a it's a, like an opener and then like a an uptime bonus where it's not just like I remember watching uh, blood DK tanks in Warlords and they were just like. A strike and they just row, row, yeah. row. <laughs> it was not very iconic or, or thematic. And the new blood boil graphic is cool, but and I guess that brings me to how does the spec just feel to play in Legion now? Like, what's the where's the fun factor in in Legion? Like, does the spec feel rewarding to play? I mean, Torle, from your Mythic Plus perspective, I'll go to you first, and then. Koro can do uh, myriads. Well, the I would say the main like drive, the main like visceral like good feeling that you get is when you get the really big death strike out of that really when you, when you drop down to like ten percent HP and it instantly heal it up up to full. That gives you just great feeling and being in control of your own health pool. That's not something that the other tanks have really like I played a bit of monk and if you just get hit a lot by a monk eventually if you don't get heals you die even though you like you, su you survive a whole lot but as a blood decay you, you can generally take care of your, yourself and you can carry groups that really feels pretty good like and soloing bosses at the end of a dungeon if everyone wipes just because you can those are the moments that uh, blood decay shines what do you think about in raids then, Koru? Because you've you're done with mythical ban. You've had you're at like what six, seven, eight kills somewhere in there. You, you beat him right before I did, I think. So I think we're around seven kills now. Yeah. And you've obviously you you've done it right. You did the whole thing as a blood decay. So oh, the world's on fire, obviously. And you've both cleared the whole tier. But how does it feel rating wise? Like where is there is it a fun factor? Like is it a rewarding? tank to tank on 
Well, uh, if you're looking for a challenge, and yes, of course, it's uh, <laughs> it's really uh, it feels good to kill a boss when you're in the top five DKs to ever do it. When you see like thirty other guardian druids has already done it, like it's uh, right. There's not much information to go through. Uh, and then, yeah, as Thor said, when you're going at low HP, like on Croesus, you hit, you get a slam, you're down to 10%, just death strike it up in one go. Uh, that's, it is really fun gameplay. And then you have the niche mechanics with AMS and the grips and the mass grips that helps out your raid uh, mm -hmm. more than other tanks can do, in my opinion. Like uh, on Ilganoth, that was, we were, saviors just mass gripping and a 15 second grip on uh, into the eye and same with the uh, allurial was really fun uh you could just mass grip the frost ads you could grip the fire ads when someone missed an um, interrupt or something mm -hmm. or can grip, they... mass grip the fire ads not on mythic we did that on heroic <laughs> and it's it, that is fun on heroic though we've done that on our heroic uh, heroic splits that's hilarious you gotta get that stun yeah, right there, and then you gotta heal everything, because if they tick twice, you die. But that's fun. Oh yeah, and I can see that one of my healers are in chat just giving free heart attacks to the healers. That's also rewarding. Well, that's that's the weird thing with, the, with how and why Blood DK, for some reason, just won't make it to Bleeding Edge progression, puns aside, is that you really can't have that much instability when you're progressing you want more like smooth damage like smoothing incoming damage so that's why guardian and brewmaster are so strong right now because all of their tank damage incoming is so much just like uh like that like the waving of it of your health bar is like totally fine but blood decay thrives in getting crushed for half their health and then reacting to it which i don't think many healers enjoy that stress on progression because i don't know if you're about to die or not no, and I would uh, just highlight the thing Thor said about this. Rune tap would s help so much on that. Like all so, the high hitting abilities would just be uh, smooth, and we wouldn't be these roller coasters of health bars. Mm -hmm. Right. So, but I think that they, they want that because because technically Brewmaster monks thrive in lower health because they get more healing spheres, which are ridiculous for expel harms and stuff like that. But that's I don't know. We'll have to wait wait and see if that changes because of Brewmaster's getting a lot of changes 725 and Guardian Druids are getting slight nerfs again for the seventh patch in a row. Um, well, they were pretty overpowered to begin with. So. Oh, of course. Of course. I can't even imagine. Could you imagine if Iron Fur was still 100% like it was in beta? Oh, <laughs> no. No. <laughs> it's 65% in, in the patch coming up. So, Can you imagine if Dark Moon deck immortality was still affected by armor for like before. Just tons of free armor. My gosh. I bet by the end of this expansion, Guardian Jolds will, their Iron Pearl will be like 25% bonus armor or something ridiculous. They'll keep cutting it and cutting it and cutting it. So, but then I want to touch on a little bit here mobility. Yeah. And you talked about it with your boots, the legendary boots. And is, is this. The whole fantasy and flavor of Blood Decay still fit to be so immobile? I mean, warriors have leaps and charges, paladins have horses, and uh, monks have roll or flipping everything else in the world. And then guardian druids obviously have charge or blink, 
or whatever else they have, right? And then even Vengeance roar. have... Yeah, they have Roar, of course, the better Roar. And then Vengeance has Hops, they're gummy bears. And Blood Decay is just like, I'll be there in a minute. I'm, I'm away. You can yeah. Wraith walk, but... Wraith crawl. Yeah. Yeah, well, it, it's one forward. thing that uh, that like, kind of pissed me off. Like when when it was still Legion Alpha, Legion Beta, people asked about mobility regarding the uh, the DKs in particular to Blizzard, and they said, "Well, we don't want every class to have a lot of mobility." So what do they do? They give every class a lot of mobility except DK. Like, mm -hmm. and then it feels the like fact... we're just a bit too punished here. And then uh, the bugs with Wraithwalk, I think every DK has notices, like getting stuck on pebbles and corners and everything, and the fact that we actually have to pay in order to fix that in every spec. Yeah, the glyph. Yeah, you, need, you need the glyph. Yeah. If new DKs are listening now, you need the glyph of Wraithwalker, otherwise you just cannot play, sorry. Yeah, basically. I mean, chat brings up that you make it sound like that Paladin Horse is useful. And I would probably attest that the other slowest tank would be Prod Paladin. Because normally they have one charge of Horsey. And taking two charges of Horsey isn't always really beneficial because they want other talents in that row. So the only other oh. issue is that from afar, though, all you can do as a Blood DK... I mean, you can grip, but bosses can't really be gripped. You can range taunt and stuff like that. It's fine. But you have, like, Death's Caress. But they have Judgment... And Superman shield, or Super Captain America shield, right? So they they don't feel as hurt from being at range. I guess you can drop D and D well, over there. But. but somebody actually in the chat noticed that DK Wraithwalk is better than two charges of Paladin Horse. Well, you just straight up wrong. I mean, oh, DK wait. mobility, like I, I'm gonna call it out, but you get only seventy percent compared to the horse, which is one hundred percent. You have the same cooldown and. You get it silenced for the whole duration of it. If you do any other ability, even if you pre-pot, you cancel your own Wraithwalk, and you don't even have the option of talenting for another one. It's just straight up worse than the Paladin one. Sorry. No, that, that's the yeah, thing to that. Yeah, is it, you're, you're totally silenced when you're keenly orc. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then again we have Death Caress. <laughs> yeah, about that in raids, <laughs> and then we have Blood Drinker on a thirty-second cooldown. That's the only range abilities we actually have. Hey, the talent for Blood Drinker. That's true. But it's yeah. a channel, so you have to stand still to channel it. No, you can actually move with it. Oh, really? What? Yeah, you can oh, run. Oh, you can the... move. Oh, you're totally right. Yeah, you're totally right. That's right. So I, I guess it's not terrible. You do have a lot of similarities between mobility on for prop. But I guess, yeah, four tanks are way more mobile than, than you guys. But this is where Agrimar's stride. Yeah, we have to sometimes. Mm hmm Yep. And I guess the only thing that we, we moved over, uh, and we're talking about ridiculous little things, is I wanted to make sure we touch on your other new trait. I missed this. I wanted to make sure. Vampiric Aura. So consumption. Yeah, Vampiric Aura is really good. Yeah, 20% leads yeah. to you and four allies for 15 seconds. Consumption is a 45-second cooldown. And the Vampiric Aura uptime is 15 seconds. So that's a lot of uptime on not a amount of leech, but 20% for 
for you and four others. Yeah, that and, was... Uh, uh, go ahead. Yeah, that was actually quite amazing on Gul'dan progress where healers were struggling in the beginning and just yeah. the leech helping it out, uh, topping people during... If, if someone missed a soul or something and the leech just helped if a healer got the buff, that is. Sure. It's but obviously... Then, oh, go ahead. Uh, just Thor can explain just how powerful it is in Mythic Plus. Yeah, in Mythic Plus, it's amazing. It's probably overpowered. I, I hope Blizzard isn't watching, but this ability is overpowered. If you're just like in a situation where you take a lot of a lot of damage, like Last Boss Card of Stars, we used it a lot mm -hmm. in the Mariner in Maw of Souls, stuff like this. Everyone is doing so much DPS nowadays that it's just like a party-wide healing cooldown, and it it makes DK viable at pushing high mythic plus because you just give more party survivability than any other tank which is generally the the problem with high mythic plus is the party tends to die mm -hmm. it's it's a, a bonkers ability it's one of the strongest because we got a lot of those little peppered like here's some extra mastery or here's some extra crit or here's some extra haste on like a couple different specs right but this one sticks out so much over any of the other ones like what's 800 haste it's like you know two percent ish like you're notice it a little bit i guess but not really but you're gonna notice 20 percent leech that's huge that's really it's really big. noticeable in mythic plus especially yeah. because well it affects the entire party and rate yep. it's a bit less because it's, it's spread across yep still one fourth is quite a lot yeah in any AOE situation, you can pop it on every AOE pull, basically, because you're going to you cast consumption on AOE pulls to hit everything, right? So it's going to be up for all those big, nasty, messy pulls. Or you can time it to be, like, in the middle of the pull when things get out of hand. Yeah, it's it's a really, really, really strong one. For sure. And I guess the last little bit before we move on to the mid-show break and then start talking stats and nitty-gritty is any tomfoolery or bugs or broken pieces that are hopefully getting fixed in 725 or not in a dress that you want to bring up? Like, what's what's on the horizon for for Blood Decay in the, in the bug department? Either of you have anything? Well, one thing that's uh, somewhat noticeable is if you have the legendary shoulders, which are, in my opinion, the best legendary at the moment, and many people would agree, maybe not everyone. But um, it gives you stacks when you use Blood Boil. However, if you use two Blood Boils in a row, it's... It often doesn't re like doesn't record the second one, so you would kind of have to spread out your blood boils, especially like on the pool. You don't want to blood boil twice in a row, because you only will get one stack instead mm. of two. So that's one yeah, thing it... that I would like to get fixed. Ew. Yeah, it seems to have one second internal cooldown or something. Yeah, something like this. With bloodlust, you get way lower than one second global cooldown. So. Yeah, and something else that we. Make it so we don't need the Glyph of Wraithwalk, please. Don't let us get stuck on pebbles. Yeah, that's the... I talk about this in the BTS podcast, is that I, I compared it... It's it's King Leoric from Diablo 3 or Here's the Storm. Wraithwalk, that's what it is. It literally is the exact same thing. He lifts himself up, he holds his weapon over his shoulder, and he floats. But he passes through because he's a wraith. He has no collision. Which, I guess there could be problems with, like, giving you no collision because then you could, like, exploit locations in the world map or something, obviously. But 
there should have like a you shouldn't collide on the ground with where your feet aren't on the ground anymore. Yeah, it's the same bug as Levitate. It's oh, just been yeah. in the game since vanilla. I don't know if that's gonna like get fixed anytime soon. Right. Or just make it a buff so we don't have to channel it. Like the silence is ugh. That's uh, really Yeah, the, the silence is awkward. Cause no other I mean it's it's unique, quote unquote. I mean monks can't do anything when they're rolling or when they're cheating. Well, the roll right? is over really right. quickly though. Correct. But you're in a three second mobility silence. Or six if spec. Or six. So I, I yeah. They probably could be a little more lenient on that, so you could actually do things during it. At least for tanks, because locking yourself out of doing anything and, and self-silencing is not very feasible in a lot of situations. So, yeah. But anything else on the first half of the show here that we may have skipped before we move on? I think we're, I think we're good. I, I think we missed the racials, uh, right? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I didn't, if you want to play a blood decay, obviously go worgen or goblin because they have mobility spells. Yeah, it it actually helps. It's true. Yeah, rocket jump and dark flight. Do it. But however, um, I would say go blood elf because yeah. arcane torrent. Holy shit. Yep, arcane torrent priest. How much RP does it give you? Fifteen. Uh, yeah, fifteen. Fifteen. No, 20, 20. Is it 20? 20? Good lord! Yeah, it's 20. That's way too good. It's like Alpha Death Strike, just like that. Yeah, no, yeah. really, I mean, it is... How much, and Heart Strike gives you 20, so yeah, you could... That's the... I'm making... That's triple Death Strike right there, technically, in a few globals. So, yep. Yep. Roll a Gnome for permanent bench. Wow, 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 wow. Wow, 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 wow. But yeah, you could. Yeah, Worgen... For Dark Flight and Goblin for Rocket Jump, if you need mobility. I don't know, you probably feel really dirty playing a Goblin Death Knight. We're going to be pretty okay, though. They're just not female wardens until they fix them. They're, they look terrible. But they have to go Alliance, and that's no, that's not going to Oh, oh, you just alienated half your viewers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have to go Alliance. <laughs> Goodness. That's definitely true. All right. Well, with that all out of the way, we can move on to the second half of the show. Plug a few things here real quick before we get into everything else during the middle. But again, of course, if you're just tuning in now or to make sure that I cover my bases and thank all the patrons that are supporting the show, making sure this keeps going. But again, another big shout out to the assistant producers and their incredible generous support to keep the show rolling forward, of course. So Truffles, Ludovicus, Taislin, R4, Dalthier, and Quinn, thank you very much for keeping the show rolling and uh, helping me out in the final producers chat and discord and whatnot. But if you want more podcasts overall, up to four more a month, you get the four on YouTube or iTunes or, or Stitcher or radio. I think that right here, but you can get more on Patreon. These are made for patrons. There's currently 16. I make one of these per show. It's sort of like a unscripted behind the scenes building of the blocks here, but uh, we had a triple guest show for the Blood DK one, we actually were joined by Fisky. Skulls is supposed to be here, but he's under the weather. But you can go through here. There's there's Nano and Corjo for Arms and Fury. There's Babs and Panda for the Windwalker Monk show. Here's me and Preacher for almost two hours. 
That was a long one. There's the uh, Guardian Druid show if you want to do that. Or Feral Druids, or Resto Druids, or Balanced Druids, or Vengeance Demon Hunter. They keep going and going and going. Again, there's 16 of these things. You can all check those out on Patreon. Just hit the play button if you're eligible. They're locked behind one of the tiers, but of course, you get five, four, four or so a month. So if you want to support the show in a more physical means, of course, you can do that by going over to our Design by Humans official apparel shop. I still have a whole lot of other things I want to add to this in the realm of uh, new art from new artists, but the uh, support for the show sort of funnels me back around to work with you know, artists like Fabelina and Tutron to build these designs. This is the, the I need more of these. Go go get the Final Blame shirts and take them to BlizzCon and go find that silly Sparkle Dragon for all of your balancing problems right, right here. This is a good one. The commemorative shirts, of course, for the world first. The method ones and the exorcist ones. We'll keep making these. I, I like the new one we did for, for Gul'dan. It's our first new style. It's not like a montage shot, but it's a very stylized uh, Illidan and uh, Gul'dan and Exploding Skull. Really cool. But all the different types of things on the side here, of course. And again, if you missed the shows, you can, of course, find them all on my YouTube channel. Link down below. Or if you're watching on YouTube right now. Hi, YouTube. But... If you want to watch the audio only, or listen to the audio only, rather, you can go find the show on Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play Music. Just look for Final Boss TV, and you can do the audio only versions of all the shows. Those are listed all there. Or you can go back and watch the VODs, the side content, the past shows. goes all the way back. They're organized in years. So you can go back all the way to 2013, to really old ones. Derry actually just posted on Twitter that she was looking for... Um, some old, some some uh, resources, and she linked my episode one on Twitter recently with Sko and Slootbag. It's it's pretty bad. It's funny to see how far the show has come. But if you're interested in a time capsule, there's 141 other episodes you can go watch, and all the side shows and the BlizzCon shows, all good stuff too. And if you are new to any of the classes right now, check out the channel guide. That I put together. This is going to be a resource that will hopefully be ported over to my website. Just at finalboss.tv. But everyone's always wondering. Where are all these Discord links to join the different Discord channels? They're all right here on my channel guide. So all the different. The, the two Demon Hunter ones. There's Acarus right there. There's Tank Chat General Hospital. There's my Discord. You can join any of them right here. Just hover over the icon. And then boop. There's the link. You can jump on there. You can download Discord right here. That's where a lot of information gets developed for all the different WoW communities out there. And of course, I've got some extra resources here on the side. If you want to go jump on those, feel free. But that's enough out of me. Let's talk about stats. But first, I moved this down here. Mage Tower Challenge is a thing. How'd you guys do the yeah. High Lord's Return? I assume you both have finally did it after it was nerfed a bajillion times because tanks were funny, but have you both tacked I, I tried it like six times before the nerfs, and then mm -hmm. I thought, eh, I'm not going to spend my Arcano Crystal Shards on this. <laughs> yeah, right. So I just waited until after the nerfs, and then I did it in like 10 tries. Nice. Uh, I actually spent about 120 pulls pre-nerf, oh, and God, yeah. uh, I actually... I managed to get it to 1% and then uh, Corvus died. So mm -hmm. that was that was that. But I actually managed to get it. I think it was the second week of May shower pre the big nerfs uh, in around 80 more pulls. So right. that was fun. There 
There is something really awkward about the Mage Terror challenges, and they just really missed the ball with the tank balance for the DPS portion of the tank balance. Because I did Enhancement in five pulls. I did Havoc in like 12 or 13 pulls. There's only two I've done so far. But every tank I talk to, it's like dozens or dozens or upwards of 100 plus. That's, that's really punishing. I mean, I, it's supposed to be difficult, but still. Yeah, yeah. The the main problem is that it doesn't actually reward you, basically for tanking well. Right. It it it's just one hundred percent positioning properly, getting your DPS cooldowns in order, and like making sure that the fucking demon hunter doesn't stand in the fire. <laughs> which <laughs> yeah, I mean, kind of like raiding. It, it it kind of like a bit like LFR, I guess, but it doesn't feel like you get rewarded for playing tank well, but that's maybe just me. Mm. Like, the only tank port, I think, was phase one, like, where you could uh, position yourself and you could just... You could pretty much skill the entire first phase, but then when you get to high recruits, like, kill him before his annihilates kill you. That was it. It's just it's just damage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Velen as well, 10-10 healer. <laughs> He's like the most powerful priest in the lore, and he just like poops out these bubbles for you, these little orbs. That's all he does. Well, actually, uh, he does significant DPS if you grip uh, the first boss onto uh, Valen. He could pretty much almost solo him. So he does damage as a healer, which is another problem we've been having in Legion. Yeah. Great. Even the NPCs don't do it right. All right, good. Perfect. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Sort of a follow-up then. Which artifact skin now for for Blood is your your favorite? Thorley, what what's your what's your favorite skin? I, I admit that I transmogged mine away from the skins. Sorry, ah! but uh, I actually my favorite one is the default one in the blue color. That's my favorite. I don't like the the scythe, and it's all a bit a bit too much on the nose. I think like. Karu, what about you? What what skin do you like the most? Well, I can also admit that uh, I'll transmog it away. Uh, I'm running with the uh, Demise from Naxxramas with Tier 3. But if I were to choose, I've used the Scythe quite a lot. Uh, the blue one, which you get for Mythic Plus 15. And that just fits the uh, Tier 3 Dreadnought so perfectly. Well, true. Sounds good. That's the... On the Monk show recently, both both monks were like, what skins? They just do the hidden wraps so they don't have weapon at all. <laughs> so that is a that, that is a thing here and there. I think Mass, uh, our main tank, got the Werebear Guardian Druid, which you have to wear. You have to be the, the man bear druid. You have to be that. And then he just got his prot warrior one. And the flail's cool. It's alright. It's kind of wonky, but it looks nice. But that aside. Now we can talk about stats. So yeah. what do what do Blood DKs care about for stats? And what have you guys figured out for, for that kind of priority that players should should aim for? Is anything that changing in 7.2.5? Is it just haste, haste all day? No, uh, as you mentioned, uh, there's a feel-good spot for DKs. And I personally, like, this is very different from what you're doing in-game and what you feel like, but I would say 30% is a good 
point of haste where you can start looking into the other stats a bit more. Mm, okay. I would say, like, it, it depends a bit on your playstyle. The main benefit of haste is, like, uh, there, there are two main benefits of haste. One is that you get, of course, more runes and more runic power, and mm -hmm. this scales a bit quicker because you have the Merrant buff that you maintain. So extra runes directly translate into more hard strike, which is like it, it scales quickly on how much ex extra runic power you get. Mm -hmm. But the second main benefit is that it lowers your global cooldown, which of course from Ward to Legion, we got an increase in global cooldown from one to one and a half seconds. And yeah, it, it does help a lot to get to get the, the global cooldown a bit more down to one second or below, because in the end you're still a reactive tank spec. So if you can't react on time, if you're in the middle of a global when you when you get like nuked, you must be able to get the 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 death strike on the next global, otherwise you just die. So right. having haste is very important for that purpose. It yeah. also lowers the cooldown on blood boil. Right. That's true. How much rune regeneration, like what's the math on rune regeneration rates for like every 10% haste is how much faster rune cooldown? Because there's... It is, uh, I, will, I would post it in the chat. It Basically it scales linearly. Okay. Right. Because the 30% feel good would give you a 1.2 global, but then how does that affect... This is uh, the rune... The rune regeneration calculation. Ten so, seconds divided by one plus haste percentage. Yeah. Okay. And it's the same factor for uh, your global cooldown. So, for example, if you have one and a half second global cooldown with fifty percent haste, you have one plus fifty percent is, and fifty percent, you would have exactly one second global cooldown. Right. And this also means that in general, the amount of runes that you get per global doesn't really change much per haste because the more haste you get, the more runes you get, but also the more globals you get. So in the end, it's, it stays kind of the same. It smooths it out. It keeps it even so you're not having... Because that was always the trouble back in MOP when all the different runes had different recharges based on when you use them. So it was always like this juggling effect, which I guess that's a, a bonus now of that the rune system is just runes so that it's a more predictable, like controllable. So, okay. <laughs> I was going to talk about my TV. Yeah. <laughs> so where where do other stats fall into play there? Because I know that the question that it brings brought up is how does mastery or how much is mastery valued for blood? And the face palm is right there. That's fair. Yeah, yeah like it. Uh, our mastery, what it does pretty much is it it gives us more absorb on the blood shield and a bit of attack power mm -hmm. and as every blood leak has noticed blood shield is not a thing like it just got it's gone within the next hit you take yeah it's just like a passive so, small physical shield block basically yeah then it's it's way, not very strong no it's way down the priority list okay so like if you have a haste at the top where do verse and crit to just fit all at the middle? Uh, or first, there... first is actually pretty good for us because okay. it, it not only gives the damage reduction part of it, but it also increases the healing of Death Strike. And because our like 
our death strike heals based on damage taken. If you increase your versatility, if you increase that heal, it increases the relative amount of heal you do as well. So first is actually quite strong for us in that regard. Mm -hmm. And of course it gives DPS as well, which is pretty nice. Right. And crit is basically pretty awful defensively. Mm -hmm. We have a golden trait that gives us a chance to get increased absorption from a bone shield, mm -hmm. depending on our critical strike chance. But this is also sort of a meme. It, it comes down to slightly less than 1% per 10% crit you have, and you need quite a lot of crit rating to get that. Yeah, so, skeletal shattering seems pretty weak, yeah. So, yeah, yeah so, crit defensively isn't that good. So, generally, my advice would be to go haste first, and then crit or mastery doesn't really matter. Uh, yeah, I would agree on that, except for uh, if you know that you can survive anything, if you're overgearing content uh, and you want to push your DPS, uh, I would I would take crit over verse just for the DPS side of things, mm -hmm. but then you really need to know that you're not going to die of other things because you don't do any DPS if you're dead. Right, okay. And there's, well, crit is interesting to think about for 725 because I don't know if you're going to... If any of the legendaries would change that, I don't know. This is a DPS thing, uh, you know, brain talking for a moment. But the, the enhancement shaman council has been working for like two to three weeks, nonstop. Every day I refresh Skype to hundreds of messages to these incredibly smart nerds figuring out because with all the new legendaries being brought in and the new tier bonuses being brought in, and how my spec has changed and how all the different you know echelons of things are moving around for different DPS specs, there are different relic legendary combinations that change stat priorities it's like we're having a expansion in the middle of an expansion when it comes to like your spec inner balance i don't know if it affects tanks the same way but for me it does where it is it's a it's a nightmare obviously because if you get pigeonholed into one side but you want to switch it to change over way more things now than just like you know reforge button or changing out a legendary or two so because i don't know if that would well. be Go ahead. Uh, I think about that, like, how our legendaries work is we can just flip them out the way we want. They okay. don't change anything, pretty much. Uh, like, the default one, like almost every DK uses, the shoulders, and that's just uh, the more haste you have, the more blood boys you get, the more stacks you get. Mm -hmm. So, and the others, you can just pick and choose from anything, and it doesn't change our place all that much or stat priorities either. Okay. Yeah, one thing about the set bonus is that it gives you a bunch of flat versatility. So I'm kind of curious how that will work out because you also get the concordance proc, of course. And with Phantas runes, you get even more versatility. Like eventually, maybe you're going to get to the point where stacking more versatility just for the basically multiplicative effect of the damage reduction portion might become quite powerful or maybe it goes the other way where you say you get so much versatility that getting like more of it on your gear starts becoming less valuable we're gonna kind of have to see how that works out right yeah I mean, you're getting that's the next point to bring up is the set bonuses right so you're sitting in tier 19 right now which the dreadworm battle plate is just heart strike and Maren generate 10 percent more runic power which yeah okay 
It's pretty, pretty much our old uh, decaying, uh, rapid decomposition. Oh, okay. The, the more RP on your main sort of builders. And then your four pieces, Death Strike has a 25% chance to generate a rune. Which, when they removed and changed how rune interactions worked, this is just your spender that costs runic power can just has a quarter chance to give you back runes. I guess these both seem pretty smooth, straightforward, not a whole lot of crazy interaction with tier 19 right now. It's pretty good, no. uh, especially with like uh, the the bracers, actually. You, you kind of start to run into the issue that you become GCD locked because the bracers basically will go over the legendary soon, I guess. Mm -hmm. The bracers uh, basically always trigger 100% of the time if you have at least one versatility rating on your gear. So you get very low cost death strikes and you get the uh, you get the increased chance for the refunds and then you get the increased runic power gain from the two piece it's right. possible that you kind of get flooded with resources at this point which is also why like reducing the global cooldown with haste is pretty nice sure. just to be able to spend more and, yeah, and i'm not a big fan of this uh, rng chance because i've had several pulls on progress where Death Strike just doesn't give me a rune when I need it, and it gives me when I'm, yeah, GCD locked. Oh, yeah. So I would say the two-piece is just a feel-good thing, like it's it makes life easier, and the four-piece, it can make your life easier and can just be an, an annoyance. Right. Yeah, there's... <laughs> Healers and tanks have that, where procs and things you can't rely on always sort of gets you in the end like they feel great when it works and it lines up and it happens but sometimes when it just like happens we don't need it they're just like oh, okay because you can't react to it it doesn't like really do anything but that is changing with your tier 20 on the horizon here which your grave warden armaments is your tier 20 so your two pieces that blood boil grants you grave warden just a passive buff for 10 seconds, which increases your versatility by 2,500, just flatly. And then your four pieces yeah. that while Grave Warden is active, the cost of Death Strike is reduced by five runic power. So what have you... Have either of you really done much with trying to figure out how this works? Because there's really not a lot of... It's just kind of exists, and I'll... Torla, you can go back to you because you brought up the versatility thing. Yeah, I think that the versatility from the two pieces is quite powerful, actually, and we will see how it works out because I'm kind of kind of wondering if this becomes a mandatory two-piece, four-piece maybe in the next tier after this because getting this uh, versatility just free on your gear when versatility is much more better, like much better than the main stats generally on 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 gear from item level. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of looking for probably looking at two piece, four piece in the in the uh, next tier already. But for the four piece, that's kind of nice because it synergizes with Ossuary. And right now it's uh, sort of in the open still, but it seems that the bracers do not take into account the reduced costs from the four piece. So they refund you as if you still spent 40 instead of 35. And well, other than that, basically, because Death Strike is is your main 
survivability and DPS button, just being able to press it more, it's just pretty nice. And it gives more than the four piece for tier 19 on average. So yeah, all around, it's a pretty nice set. Yeah, yeah and as you have the uh, Grave Warden buff up all the time, it will just, it's just a flat stat buff pretty much. Yeah, it is. And I, the note I had put down here is just getting more versatility after having Concordance. And Concordance was recently just buffed. And for DPS, the, the doubling of the base of Concordance was okay. And the 300 per point versus 200 per point is also okay. It's very small overall. Each point gives you like roughly like 1.5k DPS increase. We're already doing over a million, so it really doesn't contribute to a whole lot unless it lines up stars align kind of thing. But the tank buff and giving you more versatility and the RPPM chance was increased. That's where it really comes down to. They, they, that was a huge tank buff, not only in damage, but also the flat mitigation coming in. Yeah. Versatility is just all around. It's a pretty good stat for us, so... Right. Maybe we get more use out of Concordance than even the other tanks. And then they're giving Blood Decay another 2.5k. There's some talk in chat about it. Is it 2k now or 2.5k? Regardless, even if it gets nerfed to 2k, it's still a ton of free mitigation. Yeah. It's pretty much it's better than a free Vantus rune. Right. Do you have... like I'm going to bring it up on screen here so we can talk about it. The, the set looks really nice too. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts about the actual look of the set. It's based on Black uh, Temple, and obviously we didn't have DKs in Black Temple, so they're just giving you a brand new, a brand new set here. I'm, well, uh, it's just false indicator. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> not a fan of the but helmet. The, the rest of it, it looks pretty good. It it kind of reminds me, like especially the the shoulders remind me of the Acris starter set, which is kind of nice. Yeah, I was about to say it. Uh, it's pretty much the beginner set with skulls. Oh, <laughs> if he kind of yeah, it. Uh, Torlay saying he doesn't know about the helm, but that's because he plays a Torin. Yeah, and it looks really bad on a Torin. But I'm looking at a female blood elf right here, and it looks just fine. I, I always bring this up when it's this like hooded, masked thing. But you look like a judge from Final Fantasy. In a way, yeah. it just has that. I like the mythic set though. It's. The Mythic set should probably have some nice uh, variation if you can mix some other gear into it. Which, they're all very similar. Is the Mythic the dark blue? No, it has a few spikes, like always. Uh, when you get the uh, higher into the Mythic progression, you get spikes and bigger things. Oh, it doesn't load. All we're looking at is... Uh, oh, there it goes. Oh, it's the purple. Is it the purple? All the spiky bits on like the, the yeah okay it might be because like, there's the purple and then there's the um, the green because they got the uh, one for PvP as well the uh, super PvP one the ranked new PvP legion like uh, season set looks pretty good I think yeah I don't think you're getting the purple I found the PvP set here though it it's the same model as the mythic set. Is it? I thought they had different shoulders. Maybe I'm No, mistaken. they have the same shoulders. Um, let me just... Yeah, because we have all five of them here. I'm looking at... This is on the, the WoWDB. Uh, the WoW MMO Champions um, WoWDB model viewer as a post on the top of the page. Yeah, the Mythic is not there. Interesting. Yeah, I linked it on Skype, the PvP one at least, and that's the same model that Mythic will have. Yeah, that's the one that I meant. That looks pretty good. 
Yeah, I guess. Oh, that's very different than what we have built in here. Yeah, that's very different. Huh? Yeah. So the the 3D model doesn't have a build for um for this to look at. Interesting. Yeah, that's super different. That's very cool. Yeah, I'm looking at the 3D ones because you're rotating, looking around. But these are, I guess, these are all the uh, the base ones. They're not the uh, the mythic only versions. Interesting. It doesn't have as much, uh, I don't know, it, Blizzard has this weird thing with these huge belt buckles that like stick off your waist that just look a little yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, I, I don't like that that yeah. much. Kind of reminds me of Throne of Thunder belts that looked ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just flailing in the air. Yeah. It actually is like not even connected. I'm looking at it on the female belt, which it could of course change, but it's like floating on above her waist. I don't know. But on a male, where's the male Torin here? <clears throat> I mean, I'm just, it's sad that Torin have the, the helms just cut funny. Yeah. I, I got pretty much called out for having a shit transmog earlier in the Discord. Like, oh, no. I'm trying, I'm trying. It's hard. Just get the Dreadnought and they can't complain. Does it look any yeah. better on the female Torin? I particularly like female Torin way more than the male Torin. Nah, it's still... It's still not great on the helmet there, but yeah, yeah, floating belt indeed. But looks like a good set. It's, I guess, the only thing about it is like there's no because some of the specs, a lot of the the new bonuses have like the whole stack mechanic, and then you react to something or you just kind of rotate differently. It might change the rotation a little bit or priority wise. But yeah, this this one is just it gives you a passive buff when you blood boil that should be up all the time, which has some interplay mm. to make sure you obviously have. Does Blood Boil have to hit anything, or just casting it gives you Grave Warden? I believe I it has to hit. I'm not sure about that, because it has the same wording as the shoulders, and the shoulders actually has to hit something in order to activate. Oh. Huh. So you can't just... That's what I was wondering. Can you just, like... Can you Blood Boil before you engage, and it gives you the buff? No, that's the same with the shoulders. If you have stacks and then you pull a boss, the stacks are removed. Same okay. with any runic power you have, they, it just gets down to zero. Okay. Uh, it actually drops to 20. You can keep 20. Oh, you can? Damn. Hmm. I just found out myself, actually. I was talking about uh, Unholy earlier. But yeah, apparently you can you can keep 20 runic power in the pool. Well, the yeah, that just know. seems... It's odd, though, because every time we pull to reset for Bloodlust, I lose all my runic power. Hmm. Maybe it's different for an Oli compared to blood. Might be. The DPS specs can keep it, but the blood blood it won't. It bottoms you out. Hmm. That seems weird. Hmm. The, I guess the next little port here. We talked about legendaries a lot earlier. Like we split that sort of up. So because we went over the legendary trinket quite a bit earlier on, but I guess. Trinkets in general? Are there any big trinkets you want to give a nod to? Because let's face well, it, the, the tanking, tanking trinkets outside of Gul'dan trinket for shenanigans, the infernal contract, the tanking trinkets in Nighthold were pretty shit. Yeah, no, don't take them. That's one way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> they were pretty bad. Yeah. They were pretty Even bad. Even Blizzard came out and said that yeah, the tank trinkets were awful. But how are the well, tomb tank trinkets, though? Any big change? 
Some um, of them look pretty interesting. Like I, I talked a little bit about the Cosmic Sliver before. Mm -hmm. That's that's going to be interesting if you have it. It's definitely going to change a little bit the way you play. The other ones, like you get the, the, the damage one with the leech attached. That's the main reason I'm excited for that one is that people can finally stop asking in the Discord chat whether Drought of Souls is any good for us because no, it's not. Just wear that thing instead. And well... Uh. Wait, and wait. also, draft of souls for blood decay. What? You, you would be That's surprised. Thing. People, people say, "Well, it has haste on it. Must be good for us, right?" Even though it does <laughs> shit DPS. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Just a haste stat stick will give you more. Yeah. What did you have? What you have to uh, add on that, Koro? Go, go, go ahead. Well, it depends mm -hmm. on how the tanking also evolves. Because right now, you don't need mm. a tank trinket, so to say. Like, yeah. it's actually no. Uh, encounter where a tank trinket will outperform a DPS trinket if you know and have info about the fight. But if that changes, like, you could yeah, just have a trinket like uh, the exoskeleton from uh, uh, Scorperon, but instead of stamina, it gave strength. I would actually uh, I would probably use it on sometimes. You're talking about uh, Shard of Rokmora? <laughs> oh yeah, that... Mm. <laughs> yeah, that, that actually I used that sometime in the Emerald Nightmare just because it was some damage reduction when we didn't have anything else. Hmm. Well, you're all talking about all the versatility you're going to be stacking. Isn't there that um what's that versatility trinket from Nightmare that plops the blob next to you that gives you more verse randomly that has pretty good uptime? Goblet of uh, the Nightmare or yeah. something. Just stack it's more okay, verse. Yeah, I, as soon as that dropped, it was just a godsend, pretty much. Because the uptime, uh, if you could keep track of the blobs, because sometimes you could pop three at the same time, and you could just kite the blobs and keep a 30-second versatility buff at the same time. Oh, God. That's... Yeah, they have, to con they have to actually smash into you to give you the buff. Yeah. So, yeah, if you... Yeah, okay. <clears throat> That's something. But, um, but most uh, most trinkets are a bit disappointing. Indeed, in the chat, uh, Arcano was called out. Arcano is probably one of the best trinkets for us. Same with uh, Dark Moon deck Immortality. Uh, please don't die. Are, are you alive still? <laughs> oh dear. I've been fighting off a bit what? of a cold, and now <clears throat> this is where we at. Goodness. Maybe you need some survivability in real life. That's for sure. Anyway. All right. <clears throat> We're back, though. Yeah. Uh, most of the good trinkets are like the stat sticks and memento, stuff like this. Foci is nerfed for us, so that sucks. Chrono Shard is okay. Is. But. Well. Uh, the. There's not a trinket that was brought up. There was something. You were talking about it. You said, oh, you said Chrono Shard. But that has like one RPPM. Is that not bad yeah. for tanks? It's not well, great, but at the same time, haste is pretty good for us. So okay. It gives yeah, mobility movement also. Speed. Movement speed, yeah. And oh. it, it actually happened quite often. Like, this has happened more often than not that I get back to back procs on Chrono Shard, and I don't know why, but it seems to be. Uh, it seems to happen a lot. So, it, what I've seen, it procs more than Memento when no mm. one dies. It, that's still a problem with all of the, the those proc. I mean, chat brought up memento, memento. 
is that they the Nighthold trinkets that are DPS oriented that tanks were looking at earlier on, like the foci and stuff like that, the next step, they cut all the RPPMs and the proc rates of the DPS trinkets for tanks. So you couldn't even use them. Are they have they done the same thing for the DPS trinkets in, in Tomb though? Hmm. Um, I believe it looks so. like uh, yeah, it looks like they did. Oh well. So, but if they're a good tank trinkets. If they're good tanking trinkets, then yeah. it's it's not necessary to roll for them. Right. Exactly. So we'll see if that that works out. I know there's like it's like four or five that's being worked out for, for enhancement. So I wonder are there that many for tanks as well? Is that much of a diversity or is there like three again or two or whatever it was in Nighthold? And let me many. look it up actually. I'm kind of curious about the armor proc one as well that gives you oh. like fire reflect. Yeah. We're gonna have to look at the uptimes, but especially in Mythic Plus, armor proc is is okay. Like most of the damage you take is physical, mm -hmm. and if the fire uh, reflect proc is is significant DPS, then I can see people wearing that one for for Mythic Plus at least. That sounds kind of nice. Yeah, that was the the one I was actually thinking of. You said armor. It's the Nerubian husk trinket. Which I believe you can only get out of your Mythic Plus box, though, because it comes oh, from. No, I'm talking about the the new one from Tomb. Oh yeah, yeah, different yeah, one. Yeah, the Fabris Carapace. Yeah, I'm talking about that. Yeah, the Nerubian Husk is a different one because you brought up armor trinkets. Is arm are armor trinkets because like Darkman Card is still in the playbook a little bit? Are those yeah, worth Darkman it for blood? Card is good. Like armor is pretty good for us, and Darkman Card because it's always active, even though sometimes the buff is strong and sometimes it's it's, it's weak. Okay. The fact that it's always active makes it just very reliable and yeah, it's just way better damage mitigation wise compared to pretty much any absorb trinket that you can get your hands on. Even uh, even infernal contract, if you get like a, a ten million shield, it sounds like a lot, but it has a one and a half minute cooldown. Right. And if you get just on average ten percent damage reduction on all physical attacks, that in in that on a one and a half minutes, it's going to end up being way more. Okay. Also, a trinket I would like to highlight is the Unbridled Fury from Ursoc. Like the use effect of that is like the dream for DK. It gives health and armor. Too bad the stat on it is crit. Yeah, people unfairly uh, like judge Unbridled Fury very low. People say it's a meme, but I think as as far as unused effects go, it's probably one of the best unused defensive trinkets that you can have at the moment, at least for Blood DK. And also, it lasts for 30 seconds. That's really long for an unused trinket. Yeah, it's like that mini, it's the last stand trinket, because you can combine that with the other health benefits you have. I mean, we opened the show with asking Koru how much HP he's randomly gotten. I don't know if that trinket was part of it, but there's... If if a trinket gives you HP, though, would that multiply with your other HP multipliers? Like, just... Yeah, it does. Gets yeah. all smooshed in... Okay. Gets all smooshed in there. But... I guess outside of that, that'll lead us into talents. And I don't know if the two of you would have different opinions on talents right now. I, um, I doubt it. <laughs> talents are pretty much uh, cookie cutter, unfortunately. Well, the only thing that I still praise is, uh, well, that I hate is that purgatory still thing. It was fixed in 715 though to not just insta give you if you were healed to 100 health over purgatory and then hit again. Mm -hmm. But I still feel like it doesn't fit the current game. 
at all. I, uh, actually, I disagree. I guess we, exactly. I guess we do have a point where we disagree on. Hmm. There you go. I mean, Purgatory was way too strong early on, and normally it's the talent you would take. At least it's made to be like the progression talent, because like a oopsie, it's like a oh crap moment. Because that's the same thing that um, Last Resort for Vengeance has. But Last Resort was yeah. was nerfed to like it's like a six minute cooldown or something like that. It's so like once per fight, basically. But Purgatory, yeah, Purgatory was nerfed at the same time. It, right, it right, right. It became from three to, uh, f to four minutes. Mm -hmm. yeah, four but minutes. they and fixed they the fixed... functionality at the same time. So it's actually a buff because you don't want to proc it more than once anyway. Okay. And it actually reset on death now. It didn't do that before. You had the debuff even though you died. Oh, that would be annoying. <clears throat> e. So, outside of uh, Purgatory then, where do talents go from there, like Kuru, what what do you spec for raids right now? Uh, for raids, I would go for uh, Blood Drinker in the first tier, Rapid Decomposition, Ossuary, Red Thirst, uh, either March of the Dan or Tightening Grasp. Uh, depends if I can slow anything. Like on Botanist Progress, I was actually good on the plants to have Tightening Grasp just to slow the flowers. Uh, Foul Bull, Bark or Rune Tap twice on two encounters, and then Blood Mirror. It's pretty straightforward right there. Yeah, so Mark, yeah, yeah that, that, hmm. Interesting. I mean, it brought up the legendary ring giving you bulwark, so you would be able to take rune tap in that regard, right? If you used it? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Sometimes you would. I mean, Will of the ne Necropolis is garbage, so. Is it? I, agree. I mean. Uh, it looks like mathematically pretty strong, but I guess is it not doesn't save you enough if you're that low to actually keep you alive? Or I guess the whole point is never get that low. Or well, it it kind of depends a little bit. The way it works is it only affects the damage below thirty five percent. So right. it used to be if you were one hundred percent HP and you get hit for eighty damage, then it would be like it would all get affected. But now only the part that brings you below thirty five percent. Is actually affected. Okay. So if you look at just mathematically going from 100 to zero, it's like 15% effective HP increase. Mm. Okay. But Foul Bulwark gives this also, right? It's in the worst case scenario, you get Foul Bulwark. And you don't want to spend much time below 35% HP. Like as a DK, because we are so susceptible to burst damage. If you spend a lot of time below 50% of your HP, you're going to get one shot anyway. Like the talent is not going to save you in that case. You would rather have much more buffer and have like something that does something, a talent that does something for the entire fight. Right. Or the rune tap, which is very centralized, uh, effective HP, basically. And Will of the Necropolis is just never, never good, basically. It's just shit okay. talent. And then I guess the other argument point I wanted to bring up was. Blood Mirror versus Bone Storm, because like thematically, Bone Storm is is neat, but is it just like a numerical thing, or the fact that it can only last ten seconds maximum? Like where where did where did Bone Storm go wrong? I guess you could use it for like Mythic Plus for like AOE packs, but mm. yeah, I but yeah, go on. The thing is, uh, the foul battle about Bone Storm Blood Mirror is in raids mostly you only have one target. The same and blood mirror uh if the boss is hitting you for quite a lot blood mirror will do more damage and bone storm 
I think it needed three or more targets in order to just equal the damage Bloodmere would do. Oh, wow. And the healing on Bonestorm on one target is just, no, it's not even worth men mentioning. Should it's 20% of your health in 10 seconds. If Bonestorm actually worked like Breath of Syndragosa for Blood Decay, would that be... So like a longer base cooldown, but you could keep it rolling for longer. If it kept eating runic power, you know, 10 every second, but it kept going and going and going, would that be too strong? Or would that actually bring Bonestorm up to more like a, a possible rotational play? That would actually... Yeah, it would depend very much on the tuning and the, the cost increase and like sure. how it would actually go. I, I'm not sure that would have to like, they would probably increase the HP you get from it as well because it would have to, in single target, also pretty much equal death strike healing. Otherwise, they would have to make it like the, the DPS option. Like, right. If they would make like just remove the heal altogether and just make it the talent that you choose if you want to give up survivability for DPS, I would be fine with that as well. Okay. But then it also has to do more damage than Death Strike, which right yeah. now it does not on single target, not even close to it. Mm -hmm. Other talents. We, we talked about Blood Drinker a little bit earlier on as like the only option in your 15. Well, you're 56 technically because you're a Death Knight. Yeah. But, but there was a question um, that was brought up in my Discord about Bloodworms. Well, it used to be that Heartbreaker was actually pretty good. Hmm. And they, they nerfed it by 33% the same time that they buffed Blood Drinker and Blood Worms because everyone was using Heartbreak. Oh, okay. But Blood Worms is just shit, man. There's no way around <laughs> it. Like, No, I agree. It's been buffed so many times already and somewhere in the off-hour bet I even got a 300% damage buff and it's, it's still just not not good. And Blood Drinker still... is, is way more DPS and Heartbreaker and Blood Drinker both end up being more healing. So, yeah, it's just awkward. It's also one of those, like, Bloodworms, it's the tooltip, if you drop below 50% health, your Bloodworm will immediately burst and heal you. You don't want to drop below 50% that often. But if you do, you lose DPS from it as well, so... Yeah, so it's no. It's a bit sad because I like Bloodworms thematically, and they're part of like the class fantasy. If you think about Wrath of the Lich King, Blood Decay already had Bloodworms, and right. But it's just not good. I, I, I would, I don't, don't even know if I would want it to be good because it's also the way mm. it's implemented now. It's kind of fire and forget, boring. I would say if they remade it to be more like Wrath, then sure, it mm -hmm. would be an option. And then you, we brought we talked about Heart of Ice earlier as the newcomer to the uh, 57 tier. Rapid decomposition, though, it's just it's super death and decay. I mean, you generate really power in D and D. Mm -hmm. strong. And then I gotta give a shout out to to Satch in chat because he wanted to. Is there an honorable special mention for spectral deflection? Uh, yeah, spectral deflection is an, an interesting uh, talent because. The way it's like, way if if you just look at it from from outside, it's a, you would say, "Wow, this is super overpowered." Sure. It's it do, it doubles your bone shield's uh, effect on heavy hits, which also benefits, by the way, from uh, rattle gores, which make them kind of a little bit better. And 
both of the uses can proc skeletal shattering, so that makes crit a little bit better defensively. Okay. And the problem with it is that unless you basically use it for one big hit, if you use it on, let's say, Gul'dan, every melee hit he does triggers it, so your own shield consumption goes through the roof. Mm -hmm. This is also where the, the swing timer of the boss comes in. And you end up spending a lot of your runes on marrow rent just to maintain blood, like, like bone shield. And in the end, your self-healing goes down. So it's, it's kind of the thing that you, if, you, if you have to take it, you take it, but you would prefer not to take it. Like sometimes it's a loss over not having a talent at all, which is kind of awkward. Yeah, so for instance, as you said, if you were used on Gul'dan, you would get less death strike, less heart strikes, less healing from yourself just to keep yourself alive and it just gets the entire spec gets awkward you just press mirror and then never hard strike yeah because if every auto attack is consuming bo um bone shield charges and you want to keep foul bulwark stacked up and of course you need to keep bone shield up all the time anyway for the haste gives you and of course the damage reduction i guess it's a yeah, very because... it's just a very big rotational change yeah the other thing is that if you are using it, let's say, to mitigate one big hit, let's say, for example, in Tychondrius, if you're soaking the bats, then the other problem with it is that you spend a lot of runes maintaining Merorant, but in a situation like this, if you want to absorb one big hit, you also want to take Rune Tap, which is also a rune cost. So you kind of start burning the candle at both sides because you want to keep your runes for rune tap, but you want to spend your runes on Merorant because you cannot spend them on hard strike. If you have spectral deflection, then you take a lot of hits. So, I mean, it's, it's like I said, you, you would use it if you have to use it, but you would prefer not to use it if you can avoid it at all. Hmm. You know, a lot of haste to sustain comes up. Yeah. You had your 58s and 60. Not much was said here. You were just like, bam, ossuary, bam, red thirst. So nothing else of note in here. Well, red thirst is just so OP. Yep. Spending runic power will decrease the remaining cooldown of vampiric blood by one second per six runic power. So it's the it's the um, the warrior ability in their 100 down here on the left. I can't remember what it's called. Their anger management. Anger management. Yeah, their, their reduction cooldown. Yeah, that looks pretty good. Yeah. It is really good since Vampiric Blood is our main defensive cooldown. It's like this can reduce it by sometimes 50% of the cooldown. You can just remove it. That's really nice. And Tombstone is just bad. Mark of Blood is okay numerically, but Mark of Blood is once again like it's trickle healing where our our like weakness is burst so you would rather yeah. have more uses of vampiric blood okay yeah tombstone i was looking at back in beta as like a gameplay thing and before they removed um soul gorge which is replaced by heart of ice i thought like there was there was a neat thing with consuming your bone shields and consuming your blood plagues to have like a different rotational feel or style but at the end of the day, it just didn't work to do much. And obviously Soul Gorge is gone in the patch, replaced by Heart of Ice. And then Tombstone is just not enough of a gain for a minute-long cooldown. Well, there's 
some anti-synergy with Tombstone, like because when when you use Tombstone, you consume the Bone Shield charges. Yep. And if you have Foul Bulwark, that automatically loses your percentage health increase. So mm -hmm. it kind of it counteracts each other. Yep. Then also. Yeah. If you pop it and you don't have ten stacks, you 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 lose your ossuary buff, which gives more cost to death strike. Right. So it just works against each other. Mm-hmm. Which we went into that a little bit on the BTS podcast. Well, a little bit. We went into the whole like bone and blood thematic feel of of like what is a blood DK and. And it's kind of got a little touch of necromancy, touch of bloodbending from Avatar. But in, in World of Warcraft, at least so far, they haven't really nailed either of those down. Because you, you, can't, you can't do a spec that's based around your bone shield very much, like in fully, because then it cannibalizes itself. And then everything about, like, the blood side, like with the blood worms not being good, Mark of Blood isn't... Meh, and then again, you know, Bone Storm again mathematically is bad. So, Blood Mirror is fine, but that's because you're gaming boss mechanics like putting it on Krosis and setting in his 10 million beam, right, to reflect damage back to him. Like, you, you, you have to forcibly game that kind of mechanic. So, but at least there's a little bit of leeway here, mostly because of the Legendary Ring coming in, but. I do that. want to give one shout out to yeah. Tremble Before Me, which uh, oh, no, sure. uh, because like people disregard this talent, but in Mythic Plus it has its uses. Certainly not oh. in every dungeon, but uh, like in BRH, for example, I would say Tremble Before Me is pretty good because it allows you to interrupt things that are generally uninterruptible. Yep. And it's basically free it proc surface as well, which is nice. And Tightening Grasp you generally use in Mythic Plus because of the, the slow when you need to kite, for example, like Necrotic. But Tremble Before Me is also fine. People generally just say, oh, Tremble Before Me, just kick it out the window and nobody uses it ever. But I think that's a bit short-sighted, personally. I would also say um, Tremble Before Me was probably the reason I could actually do the Mage uh, Tower Challenge as early as I did, just because oh. of the Arcane ads. You could just, yeah, they were feared. and. It uh, cancelled their cast. That's really good. So it definitely I've, has some uses. Yeah, I um I run Elemental Shaman a lot for Mythic Plus, and I've done a few uh, with Blood DKs as the tank. And yeah, Trouble Before Me plus Earthquake is so much passive nonsensical CC that like they'll get feared for a moment, or they'll get knocked down for a moment, and then they get it back up, and they get feared again. Like it's it's really control is big pack if you combined the two together. But yeah, Trouble Before Me's big thing is that you can, a lot of the big interruptible, uninterruptable elites, because you can't push them or stun them, they get they get feared and they stop. Yeah. Yeah. That's super good. Very, very niche, but that, that's a point of a talent, especially utility talent, is to be selected when you get actually use the best of it. So that makes yeah. sense. <clears throat> One tier that we haven't really gone into is the Ossuary Blood Tap Anti Magic sure. Barrier tier. Right. Um, I kind of want to bring up that I think Blood Tap in its current incarnation is like a misplaced talent. I think it's mm -hmm. a, it the, when you use it in Warlords of Draenor because it gave you like runes on demand and you needed runes on demand for the death strikes. But with the change from 
Deathstrike cost being now runic power instead of runes. Mm -hmm. I think Blood Tap should also have changed that it would use like it would give you a burst of runic power on use. Mm. So that it competes a bit with Ossuary, which gives you just flat cost reduction on Death Strike, which in, in over a minute might give you the same amount, but it, this allows you to give you the burst. That would make it an, an, an interesting design decision, I think, that would kind of add some complexity as well, mm -hmm. and maybe make a talent that's not passive be the best one, for sure. Like, that would be nice. And anti-magic barrier is just bad, so I kind of don't want to go into that. I mean, it's... <laughs> It's a last stand only in the AMS bubble. So I'm sure there are some shenanigans again with more stacking health nonsense, but anti-magic shield has to, you know, you get 10 seconds of the health, but then... What's you the get, you get the AMS? health anyway, regardless of the AMS. So the, okay, once right, right. AMS runs out, you still have the few seconds. But the biggest problem with it, I guess maybe with tier 20 on, on the horizon, this changes. But Ossuary, because it gives you the reduced cost and the increased maximum runic power, it allows you to bank three death strikes on a full runic power bar, which is important for something like Alluriel. If you okay. if the Annihilate is happening, you want to have multiple uses of death strike ready, so you can death strike multiple times in a row when you take heavy burst damage. Mm -hmm. And without Ossuary, because you don't have the maximum H uh, RP and the cost reduction, can only stack two. So I tried anti-magic barrier as like for Alluriel to give me the extra HP, but it ended up not being as good just because stacking, both banking multiple test track is just better generally. Yeah, that's probably what pulls Ossuary way ahead is just having more runic power available is very powerful versus the other two options just because of how Blood Decay plays. If there's going to be a, a, a bar or a talent row that affects runic power at all, but only two of them do, and one of them gives you more runic power, that really becomes a strong contender for the best talent in that row because there's no, there's nothing else that really competes with having more of your spendable resource. Exactly. Yeah, that just comes down to a talent row discrepancy problem. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else on, on talents, or I think it's nitty-gritty time. We got about... Uh, maybe maybe one one or two mentions about Purgatory. Oh, uh, I more think, Purgatory! Oh, more... <laughs> I, I think it's... Yeah, sorry. I, I kind of... I uh. think people also, like... People are generally very divided on the talents. Some mm -hmm. people say it's basically always the best option. Some people say it's absolute shit and you should never use it. And I think people should be a bit more nuanced because there are definitely situations, especially like I do High Mythic Plus. In High Mythic Plus, having Ossuary or having Purgatory, I mean, is generally a benefit because even though sometimes you end up maybe not using it the entire dungeon, my healer has the like has the peace of mind that in the back of his head he knows if if shit goes wrong, I at least have a few seconds to heal him back up, and. He like Miao Chen. He's probably in the in the chat as well. He mentioned that it's a, a really big deal in Mythic Plus when you're the only when it's the only healer. And on progress, of course, if you're 200 wipes deep into a boss, you don't want to be the cause of the wipe 201 just because you screwed up something. Like even if it maybe only procs one in ten times, that's maybe like 
10% of your wipes that you can avoid just because of that. So right. there's at least like some nuance there where I wouldn't say go always use it and I wouldn't say never use it. So It's just a really yeah. awkward tier to look at, but go ahead. Koru, go, go for it. You have a rebuttal? Uh, <laughs> yeah, the reason why I say never take it is uh, me and my co-tank actually made some math about this. If uh, we just compared, if we were to go full defensive uh, in uh, comparison to full offensive tanking uh, while also being alive, our DPS would actually increase the raid's DPS more than a full raid of Vantus runes would. So that's about three to our damage increased the raise DPS by four to five percent or so, so that's a four to five percent less of a fight, which will help everyone in a regard. Less mechanics, less healing, etc. Less things they can fuck up. And often, when a tank fuck up in a raid environment, it's not a tank that dies; it's the raid that dies. Mm -hmm. So that's how purgatory is not that useful in raiding progression. I can see the usefulness. I don't push that high mythic plus, so I. I can't really say for that. I'm mostly speaking for rating and progress rating. And Blood Mirror just on Croesus, it can do, I think it did on progress like 10% of my damage just standing in beams. So 10% of my damage or a safety net that never actually procs if I communicate with my healers properly. There's definitely a pro and con for either. I mean, they are thematically completely opposite talents. One is a, a small cooldown active where you just take damage and deal some more back to the tank. There's nothing defensive about it at all because you want to actually take more damage to deal damage back to the boss. Whereas Purgatory yeah. is just, it's just cauterize for blood decay, right? It's just the, the, you died technically, but you're not dead yet. Here's the lay on hands to save you from death. But where was that lay on hands three seconds ago? Right, so there is a, a trade-off there, because that—that's what I was just saying. The tier is so awkward, because you have a cooldown to scumbag damage to do damage, damage taken to do damage, a passive to save you once every four minutes. Well, sometimes not save you, depending on how your healers react, and then runic power to damage and healing, but like super low healing and super low damage. So it's not a very weird tier for blood decay to look at your one hundreds. I think all of our talents could use a major shakeup. To be honest, like just right, completely rework the entire tree. Maybe that's a bit much to ask, but yeah. I don't, some of the talents look fine, but I think what what Blizzard is finding out, and they've been doing it a lot lately with like Arms Warrior, for example, even with Enhanced Shaman and a couple other specs in the in the seven two five, they've just moved talents to change up the hierarchy of that row. And that is helpful in so many ways. I mean, Shadow Priest got that that treatment in 715. Frost Mage, like they've they're really fixing some of the hierarchy by moving talents around to other rows. And that might be what what Frost, I mean Frost, looking at Heart of Ice, what Blood DK might need is moving moving some things to different places. I would say if Heart of Ice were to compare with Purgatory, I think that would be a more engaging yeah. uh, tier to take because like purgatory sure i might need to soak something and if we don't have an external i can take it with purgatory right. or if i can keep icebound fortitude up longer like mm -hmm. those are actually you can compare those two here's more like do i want to take make damage or do i want a safety net yeah that's the that's the the, the trade-off is too too polarizing i would say it's way too different 
and that that becomes a an awkward situation but i think it's nitty-gritty time for a little bit if chat has any questions they can bring up of course we can answer those but i just have the nitty-gritty here at the end of the thing uh, of the show is the end game tanking hierarchy not the balance on the meta but the hierarchy and sort of like where dk fits in we've had a lot of like shine versus fall off you know, brought up star auger quite a bit but is koru i'm gonna go you first what do you think blood or if it's getting it in 725 what does blood need to to move itself in the hierarchy and not be so like redheaded stepchild feeling in like the progression world like do you think what does it need pinboard well, what we need is, well, if I could dream, rune tap on baseline, please, Blizzard, listen to me. Right. Uh, otherwise, uh, we need more damage, though, because right now we're at the bottom, almost, doing the damage, because that's important for progress as well. Like, sometimes you only need the tank alive in order to kill the boss. Uh, but that we're getting that. But I think we need some more proactive things in order, because everything can't be reactive. Like for Odin, how we went there, you wanted to run away from the boss to uh, take the spear, but you couldn't heal yourself because you couldn't hit the boss. Right. Hmm. So, maybe something more proactive, like buff Icebound or something? I don't know. That's the way they took away Death Coil from Blood a while ago, and you could Death Coil... You couldn't Death Coil yourself, but then you had, like, Lich, Lich Bane or Lich Bound or Lich whatever. Born. Lich Born. Lich Born. And you can Lichborn yourself to go undead, and then you Deathclaw yourself. Yeah, that's that gameplay is gone. So, yeah. I think that right now, like, since the trade from 7.2, because we kind of skipped over this, but uh, we got 20% Death Strike healing as well as trade. Sure, sure. And I think since that trade, we're pretty much on par defensively with the other tanks. It, especially Except like in, in, in some well maybe once they nerf do it a little bit maybe but uh, we're, we're not far though. behind the, them defensively the reason that people just don't bring them like bloody cases because the damage is so crap and they didn't mm. don't the mobility is crap they don't give much more than be on par so i think when 7.2.5 comes out we're gonna have quite a few like Quite a few people that are interested in bringing DKs. And I think we're going to get more representation just from damage buff alone. Yeah, I also want to bring, like, uh, right now we, we run Guardian Druid Blood DK. And if I were to tank the Demon Within on Gul'dan, there's no reason for me because we have a Guardian Druid, which is way better on taking the Soul Server. Like, we're not good at taking that. If you just put the two tanks next to each other, you would always take the Druid on Soul Sever duty because they have way more uh, damage reduction. And it's absorption healing. We have to be healed. And yeah, we have one Ice Bone Fortitude. On the other hand, I, I would say I would probably bring a DK always for to take the bonds. Just because yeah, every time true, you take true. the bonds, you, you instantly heal yourself back to full. You don't even need a single heal from a healer. Yeah, and you don't have to soak with anyone else. You can just solo soak them every time. Exactly. Oh, you just because the bond break does so much damage, you just get back to to Ghoul Daddy and just Death Strike, and you're back to full health. Yeah, you can have yeah. some blood for every other one as well. So oh, the, yeah. no, you can it actually only have it for every... 10 million, so. I actually have it up for every bond without the waste. Hmm. Uh, just because of the 
Red Thirst talent there. You can see it, how good it is. Yeah, Red Thirst is really good. I mean, it's a really short cooldown overall. What's the cooldown on Vamp Blood, anyway? It's a one and a half minute pace. Yeah, 90 seconds, yeah. They actually nerfed Red Thirst. It used to be two seconds reduction per 10 runic power spent. They nerfed it to one per six. Mm -hmm. But it's still just so good. Like, it's amazing. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah, I hope that works out for, for Blood DK and that it's... It's weird that that's how Legion sort of works with Blood DK or in tank hierarchy in general where, like, damage really comes into play a lot, which is strange, but that's an important part for sure. I mean, I have written down here the Seraphim problem, right? Like, because Guardian Druid, Brewmaster Monk, Prot Warrior, and Seraphim Prot Paladins all do so much damage. Vengeance... Yeah, and blood was just left in the dust until the next point. Until five. now, yeah. Until but the thing is that all the other tanks also have some sort of trade-off that they can make. Like uh, we mentioned this a bit in the PT BTS. Like you can you can spec Seraphim. You can spec like what's the Warrior One Devastator? Devastator, yeah. They're supposed to be DPS uh, DPS increases at the cost of survivability, but Blood Decay doesn't have anything like this. There's no way to increase your DPS. If there's one thing that I would maybe consider to like to change the blood kit a little bit, I wouldn't mind having a version of Rune Strike back, which is ah, zero is mitigation true. benefit, but just spends runic power to gain heavy DPS. That would be that's probably one thing that if we would have it in our kit, it would flesh us out a bit more. No pun intended. Yeah, that would that's something I definitely... It's kind of like even... Fracture for Vengeance yeah. Demon Hunters. Absolutely. I mean, Fracture has a slight mitigation because Fracture will give you two lesser souls, which is yeah, fine. Yeah, of course. But it also hits like a truck. But you're trading those resources, that pain, for DPS instead of mitigation. So, yeah. Rune Strike could come back as a talent somewhere. That would be interesting. Because that was... It's basically acting like overpower. Parry, it was like parry resets gave you rune strikes, something like that back in the yeah. day. Yeah. And that made crit stronger because parry is from crit. So, yeah. But it gives you the trade off of death striking for damage or rune striking for, uh, for actual damage versus healing with death strike. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then also you brought up Starog there. Uh, yeah. Some niche mechanics come down with Blood DK. We chose to do a tank Starogger just because we were not going to hit the Enrage timer on Starogger on mm -hmm. Phase 3. So we chose to play with two tanks. Uh, and in the Frost Phase, you could just skip out the entire stack with the Grand Conjunction. Like you didn't have that awful combo. You could just take the Meteor, stay spread, then stack after Grand Conjunction. Hmm. Yeah, so because AMS uh, AMS prevents the debuff application of the meteor altogether. Really? Yeah. yeah. Huh. You get hit by the meteor, but you don't take the debuff, so that's like it's like clearing it for, by itself. All right. There's a few. Oh yeah, Fisky was answering them. Yeah, expected to get a sword, got an axe. Left disappointed about the whole that you got an axe as your. I, I... I don't want to like go into spoiler territory real here, so I'll be vague for those who don't want spoilers about the lore of the game. But the axe and the connection 
with your artifact weapon, right? So the Maw of the Damned is going to play not the character, not like yours will, but I think the overarching plot will play an interesting part of the uh, Kill Jaden fight coming up. Yeah, which because is, yeah, uh, for the people who do not know, the Maw of the Damned legend, uh, artifact weapon was actually forced lore-wise specifically to defeat Kill Jaden. Defeat him, yeah. So... Yeah, I wonder, I wonder. There's rumors, I'm not I'm not confirming anything, that there might be a one-liner if you have a Blood Deacon in the fight. Oh! Rumors? Oh. That'd be neat. But who has a Blood DK in the fight anyway? I mean, we're talking... You're the only two that play the spec, right? Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like Destro Warlocks. Oh, gosh. Well, Destruction Warlocks are looking... Spicy. Yeah, they're... Patch. They're, they're looking spicy, but right now, Affliction. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you don't play... Affliction Master Race right now, of course. Um... Oh, gosh, yeah. If Blizzard introduced a cloak with a high collar, would you transmog it for Dracula cosplay? <laughs> Bovine Dracula? Hmm. Mm. Could I don't know. Anything else that was coming up in in chat here? Yeah, there's some RP with the Maw of the Damned in the Kill Jaden fight. I mean, is there RP? We don't know yet. I mean, the people are data mining. There's strings of all this dialogue, so we'll have to wait and see what transfers to live. But wait, there's a new patch note that came out ten minutes ago. No, I, I, I serious? That's that's, oh. that's too new. That's too fresh. Breaking news. Um, is there actually is there actually a patch right now? There's some blue posts, but I don't think there's actually a patch right now. New legendary item sources. They'll all be new drops in the existing system. We knew that. They're not gonna come from nether shards. We also knew that in a blue post. And they will not be obtainable via relinquished tokens. Yeah, that's that's all I think. Oh, there's there's um, Kill Jaden encounter intro stuff. That's what's coming up. Developer interview, new tech. Huh. Okay. Uh, nothing. Nothing. DK. Okay. Right. Don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's nothing for. for ah. We're making sure we're not going to miss anything that comes up on the show live. But yeah, there was another little de developer interview. There's another one coming out. I think um, they did a lot of these little sparse interviews, so there should be something coming out in the next couple of days with another one. So, I mean, this is a new post, so I didn't see this before. But the developer interviews that come out over the next couple of days. We'll have to wait and see if anything, any of their nuggets come to light. Because Sleepbag had one. Uh, Vanian EU just had one. There's, I think, Bellular has one. And there's one other that might come out. Did Wowhead get one? I don't know. There's a few of these. I just randomly spit out a bunch of dev interviews. So we'll wait and see that. But do either of you, uh, Koru, you want to leave some words of wisdom to your fellow Blood DKs out there? I need little tidbits. Yeah, I would recommend speak more to your healers. Like, do uh, communicate. Be certain when you're going to use your externals to help out. Like, bloody case might be the roller coaster, but if you use your externals right, you might just be able to do whatever job you might be. Yeah, you might have to do. Torle, how about you, sir? You got anything for the bloody case out there? Yeah, I say just. 
skip rating entirely and I'll go Mythic Plus. It's the more superior wow. play style. Wow. No, don't. Okay. <laughs> don't do it. Just no, don't. <laughs> well, I think that's going to do it for us. I think it's time to hit this, this crazy little button here. And there we go. So thank you all for tuning in to episode number 142. Legion Blood DK episode. Next week is Holy Paladins. And then once we lock down the Holy Paladins show next Sunday, there will be a new vote on Twitter. So you can go follow me and the show on Twitter. Links down below in the description box or right here on, on uh, Twitch. If you want to vote on the next four shows that are coming up, there's only so many left. And we're going to be in the 7.2.5 uh, area. So we'll have no more future casting to do. We'll just be in the patch. And then if you haven't heard the update, there's going to be, uh, once we finish with like the first pass of Legion shows, there will be a repeat where we'll go back through all the other specs again because we'll probably be in, in Argus for quite some time uh, to catch up. But every single show and that second pass will all be split apart. So every single spec gets their own show. So all three Warlock specs, all three Rogues, all three Hunters, all, all that stuff, all split apart. But we have Unholy and Frost in the future still. Like those will be together for now, but then they'll be split apart in the, the Argus junket, essentially. But again, if you've missed any of the show, you can go check it out on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, or of course on YouTube. YouTube goes up like 24 hours after the main show is live on Sunday. But around the table real quick here to the guests on the show today. There is Koru. You can go check him out on his Twitch stream at the same name. But thank you very much for your time on the show today, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And there is Tor LeFools. <laughs> Same name as well for his Twitch stream. Thank you for being on the show today, sir, too. I appreciate your time. It was a pleasure. Hopefully you guys can get get some uh, some things wrapped up and move forward with Blood Decays in 7.2.5. Exciting. Getting all that attention. And we'll see how the, the hierarchy and the meta shifts for you guys. But again, next week, Holy Paladin. Check out the past shows on YouTube. I don't think I have really anything else to say because I don't know what the next shows are after that. So be ready to vote on Twitter. But outside of that, trusting your seal of artifact power and joy, getting to a few pieces of concordance, Legion follow, and then forgetting about artifact power entirely because that feels good. I, I got five concordance on my shaman. And I'm like, I'm done. I'm, I'm done. But we will see you here all next week. Thank you very much for watching. But until then, everybody. Bye bye. Wave bye to these people. I'm, I'm waving bye. I'm bye. waving. Yeah. <laughs>